That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the concluding episode of Outlaws and Obelisks Slow Down Showdown. This is your Dungeon Master, Jeremy Cobb, and Iza, please say hi to the audience. Hello there, I'm Iza. You can find me as Evil Clever Dog online, pronounce she, her, and I'm playing Zavine, the Chronogy Wizard. Grace. Hi, I'm Grace Kelly Miller from the podcast No Small Roles, and I am playing Soraya Rakisa, the most sultry glamour bard. Johnny. Hello, I'm Johnny Charles. I'm the resident bard here at Three Black Halflings. You can find musical shenanigans at the underscore lonely underscore orchestra on Instagram, and I will be playing Onurus Bird. Drac. Hi, I'm Jaconix, or Drac for sure, uh, he, they pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Jaconix, that's D R A. K-O-N-I-Q-U-E-S. Today I'm going to be playing Carfe, the Warforged Artificer. And finally, Kim. Hi, I'm Kim. Uh, I can be found at Nanosounds on Twitter. I'm one-sixth of High Rollers D&D, and today I am playing Shadow Beyond the Veil, who is a tabaxi grave cleric. And of course, this is part two of the sequel to Outlaws and Obelisks Slowdown Showdown. If you want to listen to part one, you can listen to that on the Three Black Halflings channel. But if you want to watch the first installment of Outlaws and Obelisks, uh, Obelisks Slowdown, we should have picked an easier name. <laughs> Outlaws and Obelisks Slowdown Showdown. You can watch it on YouTube on the D&D page. We did it for D&D Celebration and it was such a blast. We had to come back and finish it. So... We left off with all of you having snuck back into the hidey hole. I think you were all engaged in different activities. Budge, you were shoveling equipment into the bag of holding that you'd been given. Mari, you were keeping watch and had just noticed a great creature above you all, giving birth to more of these disturbing bat ghoul creatures. Zavine, you had used detect magic and were trying to figure out what was going on with the air in this area. There seemed to be like... 
pockets of conjuration magic that were like leaking through. Soraya, you, I think, were also just kind of hanging out, but you had taken a quick glance down at the letters that you had stolen from Zane Bass's file cabinet and, uh, yeah, seen some some headings that were a uh, little little heart rending. Carfe, you had just connected to, I guess, the AI system in here, and we're currently speaking to Pananhotep, the Grand High Vizier of King Uzermatre. And finally, Shadow Beyond the Veil, you had just contacted your goddess Capera again. Uh, you had seen her as though she was like at the far end of a tunnel, a little scarab beetle crawling across your field of vision. Let's everybody, this is not a combat initiative roll, but let's everybody just roll initiative really quickly just to see who we jump to first. Dirty 20. A seven. Seven for me too. <laughs> 10. <laughs> uh, I got a nine. We're all doing well. I'm taking off things really well with a six. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> We're bringing those good rolls back. Yep. <laughs> Look, we got to get, we got to get the rolls out now. Got to get yep. the bad rolls out now. <laughs> Mari, uh, we will start with you. So you have just noticed this great creature just sort of it's similar to what you would see with like a termite queen, uh, just sort of dropping, like just emitting small bundles of wet blackness, uh, starting to unfurl their little wet wings and scrabble along the ceiling. Uh, you can hear them making like sort of baby-like noises, just and like these weird like like moans as though they're coming from like adult humanoid throats, but also like these weird baby-ish like overtones on top as these things are starting to scrabble around still all on the ceiling can't see any of the faces yet but you can hear the noises that they're making and it seems as though none of them have noticed you or your companions at this point uh is there anything you would like to do i know what mari would do thinking about termites and and nests and so on something to discourage anything from coming out but also discourage anything from going in however (laughs) I don't know if it is possible because she would immediately start fiddling for her tinderbox and Ooh. her bow mm-hmm. um, with an intent of lighting uh, one of her arrows on fire and shooting it at the, the source, the queen thing, to at least mm-hmm. create a deterrent. Um, mm. This may or may not be possible based on the logistics of this room. Oh yeah, no. It, your your longbow is what 150 feet. Yeah, you can easily. I think we said last time that the ceiling's only 60 feet high, so you could easily just uh, right up there, like it's within your regular range. Um, are you going to shoot preemptively, or are you waiting until one of the creatures notices you? She's gonna hold her action until it looks like something have been noticed, and then she will do her two shots to create like a a boundary, a okay. fire. But she's just fiddling. You just hear the sound of a tinderbox opening and closing, <laughs> opening and closing. Um, um, I think that, oh, uh, one notable thing, I guess, that it's worth mentioning. I don't think that any of your companions who are wearing the silencer suits would have seen this because they can't hear anything. Correct. They're all deafened. They can't hear Mari either. And so Mari is just. You know, she's just going, I don't think this is a very good idea because you see 
Oh, and there's more coming out. Oh, it's a birthing chamber. And okay, if we can hurry up, if we can hurry up, if we can. Oh, and they're taking some more stuff. This is, they're taking more stuff. Okay. <laughs> As Mari stands there, fretting in blackness, the rest of the group uh, continues with their activities. Zavine, uh, what would you like to do now that you have seen all of these uh, sort of like these holes of conjuration magic coming through? Zavine, she's got this sort of her detect magic, which is this sort of like colorized vision of like waves of different types of magic. So she would like to try and suss out which source of this conjuration magic is the strongest. And she would like to try and focus it on the queen to see if there's like more of it coming from where the queen is birthing these things <laughs> to try and see if her suspicion that this queen is some sort of like portal that's like bringing these things in here. Okay. You can roll an arcana check. And if you want to, we can flavor it so that a pep, your little coelophysis familiar, can give you advantage on this check. Sure. I imagine <laughs> that like when you use spells, sometimes like the shards of like uh, gems on you start to glow. Uh, I imagine that like he sprouts some as well uh, and oh, can also so like yeah, see alongside that. you. So he'll like try and sniff out uh, where the source is. 25. Ooh, that's a very, very good roll. Okay, with a 25, I will let you see something that I don't think the language of this spell explicitly states, because I believe the language of the spell says that you can see sources of magic and what school of magic they're coming from, right? Mm, yeah. So you can see the sources of magic. Absolutely. As you look at these things, you see little a pep like sort of skittering around the room, like looking, hopping up, sniffing at some of the little pockets uh, of these holes of energy that are coming through. He's running around the room. And the more that you are like looking through like your gem like vision to see which of these emerald spots glows the brightest with a 25, uh, I think like as you're moving around the room, you pass by some of these spots at slightly different angles. And what you see, it's like looking through a hole. But instead of just seeing like what's on the other side of the hole, what you see is you just make out the faintest impression of layers. Like if you cut into an onion or you cut through a tree and you see all these rings, it looks like just a series of layers. And each layer seems to have a slightly different kind of energy coming through. With a 25, I will say that what you pick up from this is that there isn't any one spot that seems to be the biggest. It's that all of these are actually leaking in energy from another place. Looking at these things, they don't even seem of this world. You, you had also said you wanted to find out if you could like direct it towards that creature. Just from like realizing that these things aren't new and probably neither is this thing. There's a good chance that whatever energy is coming through may be connected to that thing being here in the first place. Can she, I don't know if this would be another role or something that's beyond the capacity of this spell, but can she deduce like a way to close off this energy leak into this place? No, actually with a 25, I think what you would see is like, it looks like somebody tore holes 
in reality. I think that's the simplest way to put it. And actually with a 25, I think you would start to realize this is probably what had happened over near where you're originally from when you went to the other side of the Iteru and were going through all those pockets that would take you to different places and slightly different times. It's likely that those were also similar portals, but you just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to study them that way. Right. Is there anything else you'd like to do or is this are you just kind of letting this revelation sink in? I think she would like to try and just like conjure a mage hand and send it like into one of these whole portal things and just to see what happens to the mage hand. Mm. She's not going to put her own body part in there. She's yeah. not, <laughs> she's smarter than that, <laughs> but she wants to see what happens to the spell when it goes in. Okay. I like this idea. Maybe she'll like pick up a rock in the mage hand so there's like a physical non-magical object in there too and just like send this mage hand holding a, a rock into one of the holes just to s- observe what happens. Okay. What does your mage hand look like when you summon it? It's that sort of spectral ghostly mage hand but it's got a sort of like crystalline quality to it. Uh, you get the sort of like facets of a gem where that happens. You can, like with her web, how it kind of looks like fractures in time and space almost. You, if you look very closely, you can see that like sort of through the hand as it moves. Awesome. So I'm guessing you switch off your silencer suit to cast Mage Hand. Do you switch it back on immediately or do you just like leave it off? I think she'll she'll switch it on again. Okay. So your Mage Hand floats there with this rock, floats towards one of the portals, and you see the Mage Hand itself seems to pass through the portal. But the rock is like left in the air as the Mage Hand passes through and the rock just falls to the ground. And we will we will get to that in just a moment. Oops. Oh boy, <laughs> what have you done? So, Budge, Budge, hey. my man, you All have right. been shoveling things into your bag. Tell me, Budge, what is what is what are you thinking right now? Like, how are you feeling about this mission and the way that it's gone? Budge is probably just like humming an old tune to himself in his head. I mean, and nobody can hear, so he knows there's silence, and he's he's a, he's a little insecure about his singing voice, so he's taking this opportunity to do a little bit of, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's this is uh, he's been in worse trouble than this before, uh, and probably will be again. Um, so this is kind of uh, he's a little ooked out by the whole sort of you know the the the, the nature of these monsters. But uh, at the moment he has sort of he has he has faith mm. in his uh, he th- he thinks he's with uh, I think his opinion of the team has uh, has increased somewhat since first discovering that this was their first heist. They seem like they're actually pretty com- competent people. So he's kind of yeah uh, whether that be uh, whether that be hubris or not. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he's feeling okay right now, but then I guess he can't hear what's going on. So he's, uh, yeah, he's just getting the job done, getting the job yeah. done, shoveling stuff in. Is there anything, does anything catch his eye? Like, uh, as he's shoveling things in, I know there's lots of different kind of, you know, hmm. old sort of equipment and, uh, and things in here. R- yeah. Roll a little investigation check. See what, see what you happen to turn up. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, probably nothing. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it now. Probably okay. nothing. Oh, yeah, that's a nine minus one. That's an eight. So uh, it's all just stuff. Nothing that seems particularly useful to Budge pops up, but uh, you do notice like some of these are like old school, like things that you're like, oh, dang, 
Like some of this is stuff that you probably couldn't have afforded have at the time. Yeah, you right. find there's a mattress <laughs> yeah. pad of sleeping, oh. which is literally like a pad that people put on their mattresses that casts the sleep spell on them. So if they suffer from like insomnia oh, nice. or need to sleep for a certain amount of time, you find an enchanted coffee maker that used to be, again, very, this is like a nice model. It could produce drinks that would help you sleep. They could dr- produce drinks that would give you energy. There was also, uh, you find glasses of vision over correction. Uh, mm. which are essentially like <laughs> right. if you if you really needed to see it's essentially like binoculars that also function as glasses and uh, perhaps uh, most humorously you find a hat of baldness concealment <laughs> super useful so it's just a hat well. <laughs> it's not as dumb as it sounds not only when, when you put the hat on it puts it in cha- uh, a spell on your head to make it look like even when you take the hat off like you still have hair so okay. essentially it's like a hat and a toupee all in one. How would that work oh on like God. a sphinx cat? Because Shadow's a sphinx cat. So like, you could have you can like there are, you little... can program different hairstyles and colors. Okay. So if you put it on, it could make it look like you just have a head of hair. <laughs> oh, Amazing. Does it have an effect on people who already have hair? Or is yeah. it just sort of it's like a disguise okay. self. It's like a okay. miniature disguise self that only works for hair. Oh, I want that in my life. No. Can I try it on? Can Budge try it on? I want to try yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely can. <laughs> okay. Budge is going to take his uh, take his big black gambler hat off and just uh, plonk, this, plonk this little hat on. We'll say uh, this one is a fez. You nice. set on this fez. Put it a little jaunty angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this jauntily placed fez. What angle do you choose? Or what, what hairstyle do you choose? Um, I think he's thinking of... Um, so... Uh, I guess any, anybody who's who's new to who hasn't listened to Outlaws and Obelix won't know this, but um, Budge has a uh, Budge has a sort of animal sidekick uh, called Nebbit, who's half flamingo, half leopard, um, and Nebbit has lots of uh, tufts of glorious pink feathers. So I'm thinking, because at the moment Budge's hair is kind of a mix of like a sort of swept back uh, afro and porcupine quills. So uh, he's going to see if he can uh, like f- switch it up and have a sort of crest of pink flamingo <laughs> feathers. Um, see how that looks. Uh, those of you who are looking at Budge notice that his hair, tra- as he puts on this fez and sets it at a jaunty angle on his head, his hair and all the hair, the afro hair, the porcupine quills just transform. It was like a beautiful flourish into this uh, array of beautiful pink feathers extending from the Ooh. back of Budge's head. He's got wonderful fancy. plumage. Oh, feel good. All right. He's he's going to slip the hat into he's going to sort of like take a little furtive glance around and then slip the hat into his own uh, stash rather than put it in the uh, bag. Uh what's your passive perception, Budge? Um that's a good question. Uh it's okay. Uh it's uh, 16. Ooh, okay. Uh, as you take that furtive glance around, you notice that Soraya seems a little bit more down than, and a little bit more stricken than you've ever seen her. And actually with a 16, you would, because it was going to be a DC 15, you a- happen to glance and see that she is putting a stack of letters back into her bag. And you see on the frontmost letter, uh, it says mommy in what looks like a child's handwriting as she sho- shoves it back into her bag. Mm. Okay. Um, have I filled up the bag of holding yet? I think you pretty much took care of that. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go up to her and uh, just uh, give her a little tap on the shoulder with the with the elephant trunk. Just a little. Um. She she turns and like 
you can see there's pain in her eyes, but she's giving you like the widest charming smile of trying, you know, that kind of show must go on bravado. You good? I will be. Once we've dealt with whatever Zane Bass has got going on here. And I certainly want to deal with Zane Bass as soon as we get the opportunity. Bud, you have a silent suit on. So essentially you just see her mouth. But the the expression says it all. Yeah. (laughs) I sense the resolution, like the sort of resoluteness in in her sort of uh, demeanor. So I think uh, she can at least, uh, looks like she can at least sort of competently finish the mission. So yeah, I think Budge is satisfied with that response. Is that it for you, Budge? Or was there anything else that you wished to do? Yeah, unless I, I mean, I'm, unless I spotted anything else while I was looking around, then that's, that's all Budge does at the moment, I think. Uh, I think you probably would have noticed Mari anxiously flicking a tinderbox as she stares mm. up at the ceiling. Okay. I mean, that's, from what Budge has seen of Mari, that's kind of just pretty normal behavior. Um, <laughs> just constantly sort of anxious. and <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, I'll look up in that case. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you see the same horrifying sight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Uh, if um, Soraya has uh, uh, not noticed this, then I'll tap her on the shoulder and just gesture up as well so that she sees it. She, yeah, her head is still reeling from what she's seen, but she's trying to pull herself together. She looks up and kind of inwardly gulps. <laughs> Uh, and she is going to look to um, Marie because, like, she trusts her instincts. So she's going to see what she's doing. And seeing that she's, like, getting that tinderbox ready, know that she's pretty good with the bow. Um, she is going to prep Cloud of Daggers. Okay. And hold it because she's going to wait for the signal from Marie because that's who she trusts. From Mari. Yeah. Apologies. Mari. Okay, cool. Budge, are you also keeping an eye on the ceiling? At this yeah, point, yeah, I think our attention is kind of <laughs> stuck on that yeah. particular monstrosity. Yeah. Okay. So half the party is very concerned about what's happening up above. <laughs> the other half of the party is very much otherwise occupied. Uh, we're going to move on to you, Carfe. You have just made contact with this individual. I think he just introduced himself. Pananhotep, right? Yes, Pananhotep. Uh, yes, he said that he is the vizier of King Uzermatre and that uh, you are in his temple. What time of day is it? Do I know? I don't think it would be possible to know because, it, like, essentially there are... Uh, in the actual city of Adukal, they have like enchanted the ceiling so that it glows to try and help people with their circadian rhythms. So it does get brighter and darker. But I think your circadian rhythms are probably thrown off by the fact that like you have just come to a place that moves much slower. Like everything, yeah. it's like part of you is like, wait a minute, hasn't it been way longer than this? <laughs> okay. And other, the rest of you is like, nah, man, it's been like a couple hours. Okay. I think he just goes, um, hello, Patan Hotel. I'm Carfe, uh, artificer and the, I suppose, most say, gift and prophet of um, Yan Patar. I'm just here to ask, what exactly is this place for? There's like a pause and you hear like, like all these, like, it sounds like uh, data being combed through. And you hear, Hyan Patar is not in our database. You are in the temple of the great king Uzermatre. This temple has been built in tribute to the king, who has been chosen of Ray as his emissary here on earth. 
The king is both mortal and divine, and this temple was built as a chamber so that folks could worship and see where his spirit is housed. May I ask where exactly his spirit is housed? His spirit is housed within the chamber, in the great urn. Do I remember seeing anything that looks like something that I'd refer to as the great urn? Roll a perception check. Okay. I'm not even going to try and look at my stats because that was a two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. You're like plugged into this thing and you're like... And you try to like sense, you know what? Uh, I'll say Onyx gi- uh, gives you the help action <laughs> by like trying, like uh, jumping up onto the side of your head and trying to like, like move your visor yeah. so that you can see more around you. Oh my god! Thank you so much. It's a nat twenty. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, okay. Uh, you notice something? Oh yeah. What, is, what does that add up to? In, in twenty four. It doesn't really matter, but uh, oh, twenty four. You love it. Uh, love to see it. So you. It's like your inner computer system starts to like map out the topography of this room perfectly. And with the information that you're getting from Patanhotep, you start to be like, okay, okay, let's build like a model. This is a temple. Let's build like an internal model of what this room should have been. Like inside of your brain, a grid just is laid over the whole room. And as part of that, you notice that near the center of the room, there is there's like a stone platform that feels like something should have been on it. And you sense that there probably was some kind of a stone urn that was on top of this but based on the slight deformation of the top uh, it must have been like attached to this thing and then destroyed you know with a nat 20 I'll go ahead and say you guess that this probably happened much more recently because obviously this temple was built six or seven hundred years ago this thing probably happened within the like the this destruction probably happened within the last 20 years okay um Patan Hotep, may I ask you a question? I mean, one more. I am here to be asked questions. I am here to answer all questions that visitors may have upon visiting this place. What would happen if the great urn were to be broken? Well... If such a tragedy were ever to occur, and you you almost feel like the... You feel the AI sort of bristle... Uh, just like, oh, at even the thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then our our great king's spirit would be released and would be subject to any and all influences. I suppose it would seek the nearest uh, available vessel. And if none was available, well, it might either be forced to pass on or perhaps could be, as I said, subjected to any other forces that were nearby. Do you have any idea of who or what has come in and out of this temple in the past 20 years? Oh, yes. I shall show you. And then you see like a quick, it's like uh, time-lapse photography, like the fastest time-lapse photography. Basically, in the last 20 years, you see there's an urn and, it's, uh, and then you see like uh, it's nothing's happening. Just earn, earn, earn. Maybe you see like an insect here or there occasionally sort of like skitter around in fast motion. Earn, earn, earn. Suddenly no earn. There's like a flash of light. No earn. And then uh, you start to see like swirling energy and then sort of settles. And then you start to see uh, you see like a couple of people come in get ripped apart in fast motion as things like swoop down from the ceiling. It's like, 
rip apart. Uh, they start like the thing is sealed. People start like coming in where like sneaking. They uh, still doesn't work. They start wearing suits. You see them wearing the the uh, silencer suits coming in, setting up all the plastic that Zane Bass had stockpiled in here. But yeah, basically one man who walks in looks around very like hands on hips looking like, yeah, I'm in charge here, but also wearing a silencer suit, directing people where to set stuff up. They're just uh, and then they leave. And then you see that every I think what you would notice is that uh, every so often there's like a flurry of activity as things seem to be flying out like the back of the room somewhere like into a, a cave network. Then flying back, you start to you see droppings on the ground. You see the employees coming in and sweeping it. You see one not wearing a silencer suit gets just take it away uh just like a whole basically the entire succession of how this place got wrecked and then people discovered it quote unquote and then started stockpiling stuff in here discovered what all was going on in here and have basically been keeping it clean and sweeping it ever since then when i see the uh like after going through all of it i'll just say um could you go back to the point just a moment before the great urn seemed to have disappeared I saw a flash, but everything was moving too fast for me to really uh, understand. <laughs> Could you rewind? <laughs> Could you rewind? I shall merely play it at uh, 200 times normal speed. Thank you. I think I can several thousand that. times normal speed. I think I can process uh, that much just, better. <laughs> Uh, and you're just sitting there like things come uh, bugs such and such such and such and then you see this huge wave of energy rocket through here and the urn just and like in fast motion it almost as this wave is running through here it looks like it's almost ripping holes in reality itself as it's coming through like you see like spots appearing like Swiss cheese that sort of like fade out of view after like a moment as the urn is just completely destroyed you see that there's like it looks like dust sort of rising up to the ceiling and uh, it like collects there basically it's uh, as if it's like from a video camera vantage point you can't quite see what's happening on the ceiling but it's like oh dang is the pedestal and where the urn was, is that directly below the main mound that's on the ceiling? Or is it is it slightly You off? know what, with a nat 20? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Thank you, Patan Hotep. Yes. Uh, we always try to help out any visitors to the city of Meha. Well, I do think I, sh- I must inform you, though, it seems like, since you have records of it already, you know. But uh, it seems like the great urn has been shattered. And the soul of King Uzumatre has escaped. Whether or not it's been manipulated by the worlds of anyone in particular, I'm not entirely sure. But I felt it was important that you were aware of that. Uh, You hear, oh my goodness, this is horrible, horrible news. We must redress this horrible wrong. Do you have any ideas? I'm very new to all of this. (laughs) Well, uh, I have been inside of this... A monument for quite some time, but um, we did, in fact, install security measures. May I ask, from one individual to another, did they implant your consciousness into that body, or did you do it yourself? I'm... I'm not entirely sure what you mean. Can you repeat the question? I... And Patan Hotep, 
I served as Grand High Vizier to King Uzermatre. When King Uzermatre felt that it was time for him to shuffle off of this mortal coil and leave behind him the affairs of mortal beings until such time as he could return in a new body and a new form to rule over this land, he had me and my consciousness implanted into this system so that I may keep watch and dole out information to any comers who might ask. And you're wondering if I was created in a similar way or for a similar purpose? Well, uh, based on my connection to your neurons, it appears that you are yourself a humanoid consciousness, like my own. A humanoid consciousness melded with that of artificial intelligence. And so I asked, did others create you, or did you do this to yourself? I think there's like a moment of silence where he just kind of stands there, stuck still. Um, probably see the um, the shutters in <laughs> the shutters in his eyes just flickering as he's trying to remember, and just goes, "I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I do not remember most of my." existence, I suppose. I know the metal that I'm currently made of is much older than the memories that I have. Anything before I walked into Rakotis, the town I'm from, is a blur that I can't seem to get past. So I, I can't answer your question, but I suppose I am currently me. What I was before, I am not sure. I share your sentiments. What I was before, I am no longer. You asked if I could help with the security system. Yes. What threat are there to combat? Um, does our Lord's soul still reside in this place? I have reason to believe it does, but in a fairly different form than it you may have originally known it as. With your nat 20, I think you sense the big mass on the ceiling that is just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you don't hear it, but you're like... I can see it. Okay, my models of this uh, room are suddenly being, like, challenged. It feels like there are more things entering it from that source. Yeah. Can I give Can I give um, Patan Hotep, like, temporary use of my eyes so I can... Because it doesn't seem like they have... Because from the camera vision, is they clearly can't see the ceiling. So, like, I want to give them, like, temporary use so I can just look up and show them themselves. Um, mm. Can I do something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, okay. Roll another perception check with advantage. Okay. This is going to be a DC. I'm going to say it's going to be a DC 18 uh, as you are looking through, as you are allowing Patan Hotep to look through your eyes. I kid you not, a nat 20 again. I rolled a nine and a nat 20. Yes! <laughs> so 24. Okay. So as you like turn your eyes up and it's like now uh, it's like your vision is now it's like you uh, your vision like sinks away from your eyes. And it's like it's basically like a sunken place moment where you're like way down yeah. looking up as something else is like taken over your vision and you feel it with their understanding of how this room was built and, you know. Tanhotep was there when it was built. Probably got a look at the actual plans. Is then able to better model the what this room is supposed to look like. And as that happens, you feel the intelligence that is Tanhotep start to model the mass creature that is there. Not just its back, but its huge leathery wings uh, and whatever kind of appendage is like birthing these creatures, but also its face. 
and the face that is on this creature strongly resembles the face of the individual who's carved all over these walls. There's like a shudder and you hear, oh my king, what has become of you? I, this, I'm this so is sorry. a great tragedy. This cannot be allowed to stand. We must stop this. You feel the energy start to uh, like leave your consciousness and flow back into the stone. Those of you who can't actually hear start to hear coming from over where uh, Carfe is standing as the stone figure that is lying prostrate on the ground starts to like wrench itself out of the platform that it's lying on. So before we go any further, <laughs> I'm going to jump to Shadow Beyond the Veil. Now, Shadow, when we last left, you had just made contact with your goddess. She seemed very pleased that you had returned. You had seen her, like, appear very far away as, the, like, a scarab crawling across your field of vision. What would you like to say or do? Shadow lost contact with Kapara when the cataclysm happened, and it has kind of affected Shadow's role as a gravekeeper. That's one of the reasons she came on this mission was to try and find what she can, well, try and find her goddess, but also try and find how she can essentially do her job because souls ain't behaving like they should be. <laughs> so I guess, first of all, um, Shadow would probably actually just sink to her knees because she's so shocked to actually hear um, the voice of her goddess again, especially so clearly. I... I did not expect this to work. What, my goddess, where have you been? I am in a place of shadows. I'm my child. I reside in Sokar's realm, but the halls that were once brightly lit with the souls of the dead passing through, passing on the journey of, of the sun god, Ray. These halls are empty. They have been emptied. Everyone is gone. The Devourer has escaped. And I fear that the great flame serpent now slithers through these halls. My child, my power is diminished. This land has grown cold. The beautiful gardens and fields of Sokar are overgrown. No one is left to tend them. All I can sense is that power from this realm, energy, deaf energy, is seeping into that place where you are now. That is how I can speak to you. The worlds are thinner here. I can feel your presence greater than I've been able to feel it in so long. Oh, my child, thank you for coming back. What can I do? What, what must I do to return the souls? No souls have been able to pass into the afterlife for who knows how long. I've lost count of the years. I... I cannot do it myself. My power, as I said, is, is diminished. I... I don't have the energy to break through. When I helped you and your friends, that was the last of the, the real energy I had left. 
And as she's talking, you see a just in the distance, what looks like a uh, a spectral gem like hand just sort of float by <laughs> near the <laughs> near the uh, scarab beetle. She says, I I'm sorry. What's that? Uh, <laughs> just floating by. <laughs> My daughter, are you are you reaching to me? No, I believe that is the magic of one of my companions. Um, and I'll, I'll look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see Zavid is just like, it's like focusing very intently at like dead, just like blank space. Just like looking very intently. As well as a pet, like both of them are just staring. Yeah, waving her hands. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is her magic. So magic, magic can traverse into your world. Yes, it, it appears it can. My child, this, this thing, you see the, the scarab beetle like scutters, scuttles over to the hand, which is just sort of like feeling around aimlessly now, <laughs> just like <laughs> feeling the, it's like you see what looks like you can glimpse like a stone chamber. It uh, looks like an ancient, beautifully ornate stone chamber, but it's very like dusky in that room. It feels like there's it feels like there are shadows hanging through the air. The scarab beetle scuttles over to the hand and you see like some of the antennae sort of touch it. At that very moment, Zavine, you feel like an energy contact your hand, not like an aggressive energy, just like. Oh, dang. Like, I don't think you've ever felt anything with your mage hand before. So it's like, for the first yeah. time, it's like a sensation, like, almost on your actual hand. Yeah, I think it gets, like, reflected onto, like, her hand yeah. that she's using to control it. And she's like... Yeah. Looks at a pet, they exchange a look, and she's like... Goes back to trying to, like, interact with whatever this thing is. <laughs> you see the scary beetle starts to scuttle across the fingers of this hand, uh, like, inspecting it with its antennae, and says, Ah, uh, yes. I sensed this magic. It was being cast in the chamber earlier, was it not? Uh, yes, it it was, but there is, there is a great evil in this chamber. What you mentioned about death. This chamber is very full of death, and not the kind I like dealing with. Oh, it's as I feared. And there's like a pause, and she says, My child, I no longer have the, the strength to reach to you, across the plains, but if your ally would be willing to, to use their magic to bring me through, perhaps I could provide aid if I were in the same place as you. Yes, immediately, Your Grace. Um, and I'll immediately kind of go over to Zavine. And, uh, so I'm in a, a silence. Just so yeah, Zavine, both of you silenced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll just reach up and, and grab your arm and, and shake... <laughs> Um, and then point at where the mage hand is um, and try and gesture as if to say, like, you know, I'll, I'll be gesturing towards myself, like, bring, bring this way, bring this way. Zavine will cast message at, at Shadow Beyond the Veil. Presumably <laughs> that can pass through the silence spell because it's, like, sort of telepathic. And she'll be like, um, what is it? Kind of experimenting with something here. I do not want to alarm you, but your mage hand uh, appears to have made contact with my goddess. That's what that is. Would you be able to bring her through here? Uh, I mean, a mage hand can't 
carry anything super heavy. She she is on the hand now. Perhaps if you retract it oh, through sure. the barrier. She'll try and she like gestures with her hand, like pulling it towards her to see if she can bring the mage hand back through the portal she sent it through. I think even as you start to br- pull it through, you can feel like resistance against it. The two of you are going to have to work to try and help the goddess through this portal. Because this portal is like, it's not so much as a physical portal, it's like an energy portal. Zavine, I will need uh, an arcana check from you. And from Shadow, w- did we say medicine is is yeah. the, like, the way that you... Okay, I will need a medicine check from you. We're going to combine your scores. It'll It's a DC 40 for you to get her through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I rolled a dirty 20. So okay. Ooh, nice. I rolled... That's going to be over a 20. That's a 23. <gasps> oh! Oh! <laughs> So the pair of you describe for me how like you combine your energies to help this little scarab goddess pass through this portal. I'd like to imagine that Shadow would perhaps place her hands uh, on Zavine's, like on her wrist and and, an arm and just try and mustering a few prayers and chants, try and channel kind of that, that prayer, that force of prayer and magic through Zavine to aid her cool yeah Zavine at first she does that sort of more of like simple magic gestures because this is just a cantrip like just sort of pulling the mage hand back towards her but then as it gets closer to the portal and she sees there's going to be some resistance I think she starts like weaving some sort of like temporal magic in around it to try and like sort of where those those strands where you can sort of see into different sort of time frames and stuff appear around the portal and try to sort of like pull it aside more to like allow the mage hand to pass through and then uh because the portal that she was playing around with was conjuration magic that was glowing green i think the purple gems that are currently glowing on her arms all start to shift to a sort of emerald green as the hand comes through with now i think with the scarab beetle sort of gently clasped in it rather than just like on it and i think those of you who happen to be looking at the the two standing there trying to like uh, you see like the, the all those glowing gems that are like glow, uh, glowing emerald that you don't hear anything. You just see like there's a lot of like, oh, effort. And it's like very delicate and like, oh, can we like it's almost like a surgery. Like you're trying to pull aside all of the little barriers just to like ease her through. And you all see like materializing into this room, the back of a wrist and then a hand holding this beautiful, luminescent, bright blue scarab beetle. I think a, a pep lets out a sound, again, <laughs> silenced. Uh, a pep lets out a sound that, Zavine, <laughs> you interpret as, I can see the head! And congratulations, the pair of you have delivered a beautiful, uh, a beautiful baby goddess. uh, We're moms. Uh, You immediately feel power. And I think uh, that's the first thing that all of you notice is like, whoa. And I think Carfe is so engaged in like what what they're doing that it's like, whoa, at first the power. And if all of the things on the, uh, the ceiling that have been moving just like stop. And then you hear the 
happening as this stone being rises up. Like, it's dressed in much the same way as you can imagine Patanhotep would have been dressed in real life. Like, carved stone, like, robes. Beautiful, ornate outfit. You can tell there was probably, like, color on it that has since faded. This thing is, like, a solid... I mean, when it was just lying there, it looked relatively tall. But, like, when it stands up, it's, like, a full nine feet tall. And at this point, with all of these things happening... And I guess those of you who have the silent suits wouldn't have noticed it. So it's basically just Mari and... It's Mari and Soraya are, like, glance over, like, Oh, no! And you're, like, all this noise being made uh, as this thing stands to its full height. And then turns its gaze at the top of the room, meeting the eyes of the creature who, much like an owl, just fully swivels its head, its great head 180 degrees. Uh, And you see this imperious look, uh, this curled lip in a sneer, staring down very regal features. You know what? We have not yet rolled for what the race of King Uzermatre was. Okay, honey, roll a d12 and a d4. We're about to find out what race King Uzermatre was. <laughs> How appropriate. What? You see the face, an imperious owl folk face. He <laughs> <laughs> turns 180 degrees to look at you all. It's one of those owls that has like intense eyebrows as well. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not just like the big round-eyed owl. This is like great horned owl like glaring down at the room beautiful like feathers coming off but still attached to this horrific bat body this is like the most regal looking owl y'all have ever seen it looks down lets out an as like it sees this stone being standing there it's its eyes swivel around the chamber to rest on each of you you see as it does this almost as one are the heads of all the little beings it's birthed swivel around as one to look at all of you. Those of you with a passive perception of 15 or higher, notice that tragically, the face of Buto Wells is among those faces. Oh no! Coffee's passive perception isn't high enough, so he doesn't know. So he's going to be blissfully ignorant for now. (laughs) You escape that knowledge. But as this sound comes out, you hear a chorus of other voices begin to join it as the other faces, like, look at all of you. And I'm going to need y'all to roll initiative. Uh Uh-oh. That's fair. Back down there with a three. Oh, no. (laughs) no. (laughs) Okay, okay. Who got between a 20 and a 25? I... I also got a 20. 20. Oh, three 20s? We got three 20s? Whoa. <laughs> I got it now. Well, not <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> Who has the highest decks of the three of you? Uh, I have a plus three. Okay, you've got a higher decks than me. Okay, so Zavine. I think Honey said that they got a nat 20, right? Oh, Honey, did you get a nat 20? Yes. Oh, then you're first. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got dirty That's 20. A, yeah, you so got, got a 25. A uh... Let's see. Mari's first, then Zavine, then Soraya. Uh, then, bet- uh, I think you said, Carfe, you got a 20? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, who got between a 15 and a 20? Um, I got a 17. Budge got a 17. Okay. Uh, Budge is getting much better initiative rolls than you got during the actual Outlaws. During the actual- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You got to get him in there sometime. 
Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> um, then what did uh, who's left? Oh, uh, Shadow. Uh, I'm I'm three. I'm all the way down the bottom there. Oh yeah, that's rough. Mm. Okay. So as this happens. Mari, you are the first to act. You had this action prepared anyway. It's a good thing, too. What would you like to do as you see this? It, this thing is, like, huge that's up on the ceiling. Classified as huge. So, like, we're, we're talking, like, a solid, I think, huge is 15 by 15 feet-ish. Oh, perfect. And that's without spreading its wings? Like, it's a big old, it's a big old boy. Uh, so she's going to immediately just start shooting because that's what happens like she's watched bougies get pink hair she's watched the birth of a goddess she's watched the stone thing stand up everything making a lot of noise from the first drop of that rock like it's horrifying it's just gotten worse since then <laughs> but as soon as it looks like they um the owl head thing he's looking you just hear her very quietly no one hears her except probably Soraya and the things that don't have silencer seat but she's like I'm not supposed to be here and then she just <laughs> takes the arrows and she's gonna shoot one she's looking for the width of on the ceiling so one arrow is gonna go towards one side and the other one both flaming to kind of create um, a bit of fire on either side of this monstrosity mm. if she hits so yeah so are you aiming to try and hit the creature itself or aim no. hit around it around it okay well I get three attacks so you know pow 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 <laughs> yeah uh, the first one is going to be 16 16 okay and you're aiming for the ceiling mm-hmm. I will say that the ceiling's AC because it's solid stone is 20 oh okay like, you can get it in there, but not with a 16. Okay. But you get a plus a, 7, so... Yeah, that's a 19 plus 7. Oh, yeah. The second one sticks into a crack in the mm-hmm. ceiling. Some, of the, some like, loose stone lodges in there. And this... I'm going to make uh, the creature roll a dexterity save. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the flame's right next to it. Mm-hmm. Got a natural one. Uh, roll me one d6 fire damage from this flaming arrow that sort of catches onto the onto the creature. Just two points of fire damage. Two points of fire damage. Okay, yeah. every little bit helps. You see, like part of the creature's uh, f- like very edge of like its plumage starts to sm- uh, smolder slightly, uh, and it looks like ah. Uh, it's like an actor warming up. <laughs> it's gone from like scary to like oh 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 oh. oh. Uh, so. And third shot, this, yeah, go for it. The third shot is like that when it goes, she's gonna go, ah! <laughs> 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 um, oh, you're invisible, by the way. That's the other thing. You yes. are invisible because it's dark in this room. We have not yet said this, but every single time that uh, it's dark and there isn't like light illuminating this place, Mari is invisible, fully Correct. invisible to oh, anyone who uses wow. dark vision. So <laughs> you, you actually, uh, you have advantage on this attack, this last attack. Okay, that means I don't think it means higher than that, but no. Okay, so seventeen plus seven (sighs) definitely hits. Yeah, twenty. Twenty-four. Four. Um. And you add an extra D eight on this one. Yep. So you just see arrows coming out of the shadowy, almost prismatic kind of area. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's twelve points of damage. All right. Piercing damage. Yes. 
Uh, you still, do you have any bonus actions or movement stuff you'd like to do? Uh, she hasn't moved away from that door. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just going to, can someone please give me a quick, oh, nobody can hear me. Nobody can hear me or see me. Nobody is sitting here able to hear me and see I am talking to myself. Oh my goodness. Mademoiselle Saraya, uh, you need to make sure we are getting paid extra for this because this is this is not good. I'm over here. I'm over here where the arrows oh, came oh, from. Right. Yeah. Yes. That is bad. <laughs> yeah, those of you who are like relatively nearby see like arrows just emerging from the darkness. <laughs> so yeah, that was a great turn. Any bonus actions you'd like to do? No, I think she's right now just holding because no one can hear her so she's mm. really frustrated because she can't give directions she can't get information stuff is being born from the ceiling she doesn't know what's happening <laughs> all right no problem um, i was holding my action yeah until you can I jump saw, in there too can i let that cloud of daggers go yeah and it appears cool. like in the area right yeah i'm going like uh you know, use your head. So I'm going to use the creature's head and I'm going to cast that cloud of daggers right at its head. Awesome. And it has so to make just... a deck save? Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's on its go. So okay. creature takes 44 slashing damage when it enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. So um, yeah, when its turn comes, it is going to be uh, hopefully slashed up in the head. Yeah. And as I do that, I'm going to say to uh, Mari, uh, you will have spar treatments on the house for a whole year. Uh, make that too. That's okay. I'll make sure I bring you some creams too. If we die, I just, you did such a good job in today's performance. It was so good. Thank you. You are the sweetest, sweetest heart I've ever known. <laughs> awesome. So these beautiful, like, are they like ornate carved daggers? Like, what do these daggers oh, look like? Yeah, they are bejeweled. They are bedazzled. Like, you know, she's been at it with her rhinestoner. And they are <laughs> dazzling. The blades are almost glass mirror-like. So they are dazzling. And they're going to just slice it up. King Uzumatre has never looked so fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any bonus actions that you would like to do? I would like to bonus action give uh, Mari uh, Bardic Inspiration as well. And so what she does to give Bardic Inspiration, it's like she's got like holsters at the side, but instead of guns, uh, she has silk fans. And she just like whips out her silk fan, uh, sends a gorgeous like, you know, last little show in Mari's direction, just in case this is their last chance. And you've got some Bardic Inspiration. Beautiful. It is uh, Zavine's turn. Before I decide what to do, what is going on with the scarab beetle in the mage hand? Does it seem as though it can kind of do stuff of its own accord now that it's here, or does it need, like, protecting? Uh, The scarab beetle seems like it's kind of its own thing. Based on, like, the fact that Shadow was like, come on, get through! I think you're probably guessing, like, it's like, oh, scarab beetle! And I think as it comes through, you also see the scarab beetle on Shadow's head. Forehead start to, like, glow a little bit. And so I think you would you would get, like, this pro- thing is probably connected more to her. You can you could probably, like, have the ha- mage hand bring it over to her or just, like, leave the mage hand there. It's up to you. Yeah, I think within that time... If that's okay, like Zavine, because she knows that this is uh, Shadow's th- whole thing. <laughs> so I think the Mage Hand would have brought the, the Scarab Beetle over to the two of them, but specifically over to Shadow. Mm. Um, and then on my turn, uh, Zavine is going to bonus action drop the Silencer suit. She kind of she looks around, looks up at the thing, and then she spots Budge and she's like, 
seen him be the heavy hitter before. So she like reaches out her staff and it start the sort of orrery mechanism starts to turn and she's gonna cast haste on Budge. So you see these sort of strands of like temporal rifts like go over Budge and then make him appear like he's moving a little bit faster. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, All right, all right. All right. <laughs> Budge turns into a Matthew McConaughey. The thing I love about scarab beetles, I keep getting older, they stay the same age. Uh, so, uh, okay, that was your action and bonus action, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and because you turned off the silencer suit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, that is going to be Carfe's turn. Ooh, okay. Um, I think Carfe's like looking up at um, the stone statue that's standing up and then follows their gaze and then notices <laughs> notices all this going down because he's still in the silent suit so I don't think he really heard anything he's got a pretty low passive perception seems he's going oh okay I think I, might, I should help and turns off the, <laughs> the silent suit as a bonus action and then I'm going to cast Chaos Bolt at um, at the the king, the one I looked at, the king, the central one, mm-hmm. receives right. that hits first. Yeah, roll an attack um, roll. Oh, so a twenty-one. A twenty-one hits. Ooh, perfect. Um, so that is that's max damage. That's eight plus eight. Ooh, That's twenty-two damage. Uh, Chaos bolt. The type changes, right? The type of damage. Yeah. What kind so of type? Is I think it? it's thunder. Oh wow! The two eights. Um, thunder. Twenty-two points of thunder damage, and because I rolled the same number on the 2d8s. The energy from that jumps to a target 30 feet from it. Mm-hmm. And I roll another attack roll to, for that to hit. Okay. Um, so are there, other, there are other creatures around Oh, yeah, right? there's a bunch. It get, like There's yeah, yeah. a good, like, 20 other things in this room. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so it's going to jump to the next one. Um, I think it always has to be a new target. I don't think it can bounce back to another one. Yeah, it always, I yeah it only once. Yeah. Um... That's a 17. A 17 hits. Ooh, okay. Uh, so you, you just see the thunder damage kind of jump over to the nearest ghoul and 13 fire damage as it jumps as it jumps over to another ghoul. You see the form of the energy change into just flames and it engulfs it for 13 points of fire damage. Ooh, okay. And that's the end of his turn. You just see him like kind of, it can, he kind of points it like a finger gun, and out of the tip of his finger opens up, and you just see like a blast of energy. Come nice. Out when he does that, you can see that these like ghouls that have kind of come out are like they still look like they're baby form, like they haven't fully uh, matured. That thirteen damage did a hefty, hefty bl- was a hefty blow to that ghoul. Uh, that ghoul's in trouble. Awesome turn, Budge. You are hasted. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. um... Riddle me this. Uh, how high is the ceiling? Ceiling is 60 feet high. So if Budge were to climb, mm-hmm. would he make it in 60 feet? Would he be able to use 60 Your, feet? Uh, do you have a climbing speed? It's the same as my movement speed because I've got uh, Speedy Climber from my, oh, it's dang. My rac- one of my racial Yeah, you can, yeah. you can reach the ceiling. Yeah, because uh, your speed awesome. is doubled. So yeah. with so even a normal movement full 60 action. Feet. Yeah, Just one even... movement action, I can make it up. Yeah. That is very good news. Feeling sort of invigorated by this uh, this haste spell that has come upon him, uh, Budge is going to, uh, first thing I'm going to do is use my bonus action to uh, rage. This haste spell combined with the rage has had a really weird effect on Budge's DNA. You see his uh, leg 
legs kind of split down the middle, each of them, into these four uh, sort of mandible-like insectoid walking legs. His arms then sort of do a similar thing. His hands, you can see his thumb elongate, his fingers sort of uh, join together and and elongate as well into these sort of scorpion-like pincers. And then he takes off sort of clamoring up the sides of this uh, this chamber, his sort of like back legs sort of uh, hammering into the wall a bit like pitons or like pickaxes just sort of chipping away at the walls and he reaches the creature and so now okay let's see how many attacks I can make okay so two, I'm taking form of the beast I'm taking form of the beast claws so yeah. I get to take uh, so I'm going to take my first attack um, which is going to be a uh, 20 dirty 20 to hit that hits okay and I get to take another attack which is going to be a 22 to hit also hits um, okay um, and then I get, from haste, I get one more attack action. Yes, right? you do. So I'm going to take a third attack action, which is a 26 Also hit. hits. All three of those hits. Oh, this That's is so very sick. very good news. Okay, so, okay, right, let me just uh, top this up for you. Okay, so I'm rolling 3d6s. Oh, that's not so good. That's a one. Uh, but that's a six, so that's seven, um, and that's 11. So, uh... So that's 11 plus uh, 4 is 15, plus 4 is uh, 19, plus 4 is 23, plus 6 is 29. So that's 29 points of damage for that uh, series of pincer jabs and uh, pinches. That is so sick. Um, So this owl creature. Yeah, you're just like plucking its feathers. Every time you like plunge your claws into it, like your pincers come back with uh, the phrase is black ichor. That's what that's what is always used. This gooey, just like it smells. It smells of death. Just pure death as you're cutting into this thing. Mm. It's like what you would expect to like leak out of a ripe corpse. That kind of thing is sliding across your your pincers. With that, it is. King Uzermatre's turn. You see that this owl face lets out a... Just like this angry bellow that fills the chambers. All 20 of the babies are like invigorated by this. You see them, their wings flap down and they descend and start swarming in a 20-foot radius sphere. I'm guessing Carfe seems like you're fairly isolated from most people, so I think it's going to aim for the Soraya. I guess Mirage is kind of within that, trying to hit like the Soraya, uh, Zavine, Shadow, and Mari area, catching all of you in this 20-foot radius sphere of just swirling death. And also has to make a deck save, actually, against the, yes, against the daggers. Okay, fails. Uh, roll d44 damage. That is 10 points of slashing damage. Yeah, you love to see it. The owl's face is also just getting hacked into. Already, you can see that there's like a little bit of damage being done. After summoning that, he will spread his wings. <laughs> These, like, huge, great black wings. Budge briefly disappears from view, and he launches off of the wall. Budge, you have an opportunity attack here. I would. I would do, wouldn't I? Yeah, that's just an, that's an 11 to hit. Ah, uh, an 11 misses. 
Um, so, bud, you... Whoosh, but at this point, your claws are too slick and you can't get a good grip. As this being, this the, the queen ghoul, or I guess king queen ghoul, whatever, the lead ghoul, leaps off of the wall, whoosh, swoops down towards Carfei and the stone being. That is going to be now Tanhotep's turn. I think those of you who are looking see that this stone creature is not just solid stone. The same lines that have been running through the floor that had been glowing when Carfe like plugged into this are now glowing on this thing's face. So it looks like every like all of these beautiful ornate lines tracing all of like the details of this stone statue that has now stood to its feet uh, are all glowing. And without moving its mouth, those of you who are nearby here, uh, or I guess those of you who have your suits turned off, which is I think just about almost everybody at this point here, my great king, a horrible wrong has been done to you and I shall free you from this prison. The creature or the stone thing holds out its hands and its hands start to like vibrate. It's loud. This incredibly loud rumbling sound just emerges. <laughs> and you see like it's as though waves of force are passing off of its arms and surrounding the 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 great ghoul that floats in front of it. And it's she's trying Trying to cast slow. Now King Uzumatre has to resist this. King Uzumatre gets advantage on saving throws against magic. We just rolled two natural fours, folks. Do you see like the air around? It's almost as if King Uzumatre is like, you see engulfed in like these visible vibrations, just moving in slow motion. All of the bellows start to take on like this, like so much deeper as it's just floating in midair. Cool. That was that was uh, that was his turn. Tanhotep uh, coming in clutch, and now King Uzumatre is going to take uh, his first legendary action. That is going to be an attack. He's going to attack Tanhotep. Let's see what happens here. That's going to hit. King Uzumatre is not weak. You see that these claws, like the the thumbs. Uh, that uh, extend from like the top of its huge great back wings resemble owl talons uh, as it slashes out and from these talons drips that same nasty black ichor and it like sinks its talons into uh, into our boy Tanhotep who is going to take some damage Tanhotep now has to make a concentration check oh boy that's a natural six does he he gets a plus five it's a plus five to con saves. Okay, so the, slow, so the slow effect continues. That's big. So, now that is going to be Shadow's turn. Shadow, right off the bat, I need you to make me a saving throw. It's a constitution saving throw uh, from all of the crazy creatures flying through, slashing all around you. That is an eight. Rolling real high here. <laughs> Okay, you are going to take 15 slashing damage from just being ripped at from all of these talons, plus another 20 necrotic damage. 20? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um. (laughs) King Loser Matre don't play. I'm I'm down to three hit points in one go. (laughs) (gasps) Oh boy. Oh, she ain't looking good. No. Um... Okay. 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 <laughs> that puts a slight dampener on what I was gonna do. 
Um, so I'm guessing there's all these beasts like right at like on us, at us, around us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what though? I am not going to do what I was going to do. I am instead. Um, having taken uh, Capera um, into my hands, I guess I think you know, uh, in terms of the of how this plays out, um, Shadow is so intensely focused on Capera, just sitting in her hands and trembling. She doesn't notice everything that's happening, so she doesn't notice this wave of monsters kind of swooping towards her. And as she's attacked, she kind of instinctively curls inward, so she's protecting Capara um, with her body. And then, um, yeah, as she's kind of knocked down and, and torn up, um, this golden light is going to burst around her um, as she casts pure wounds on herself at second level. 13 points of healing. Ooh, nice. Not so bad. Oh, and I would have bonus action turned off the um, silencing on the suit because otherwise that would have been really bad. And that's all That's all um, she can do, but she's kind of just trembling, cradling this scarab beetle, um, just protecting it with her physical being um, while this is happening. At initiative zero, Capera is going to go. Oh. As you cradle yourself around this scarab beetle, you hear, like, you feel the antennae sort of touch your chest, uh, and you hear uh, the voice say, Do not worry, my child. I am with you. And every single member of the party has the spell Bless cast upon them. Oh, yeah. Which means that whenever you make an attack roll or saving throw, you can add a d4 and add the number rolled to the attack roll or saving throw. Mm. Does that include Onyx? You know what? Why not? He's a scarab yeah, beetle. Fellow scab friend. He's a yeah, scarab beetle. Scarab beetle. He, gets, he gets it too. Of course he does. You see Onyx start to glow blue and start to look kind of buff. Like, he's just like, he's, he's all his little, like, oh. Yeah, his little like metal, it starts to like expand. It's like, ooh. It's like the wood or whatever that you use to make him is swelling. And he starts to like flex. <laughs> You're uh, looking good on it. So <laughs> he kisses his own muscle. Uh, <laughs> so, now we're going to go back to the top of the round, which is Mari. Mari, you are also in this cloud, so I need you to also make uh, a dexterity saving throw. Although, since you're invisible, I'll say that you can make it with advantage. 27. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, that definitely saves you. Instead of taking the full brunt of this damage, you take uh, you take ten slashing damage plus uh, nine chronic damage, uh-huh. and that is the beginning of your turn. I think what you see is some the, somebody mentions my king, you know, with the, the Autobot thing going on, and then she's like, "Is royalty? Is royalty?" <laughs> yes, I didn't have a chance to let you know. Yes, he's royalty. Oh, you can hear me now. You can hear me now. Yes, I turned it it off. Okay, (laughs) you all understand this is happening because of our actions, right? I just want to make sure that we understand that we are dealing with consequences. Real-time consequences. (laughs) I mean, we're not the ones who are storing random crap in here, but I get what you mean. Okay, cause and effect, chicken and eggs, and she's just going to uh, draw another two arrows um, and try to take up a defensive stance sort of between not between the swarm but just near Soraya and Shadow and Zavine and so on and just mm-hmm. let loose arrows as things seem to get closer okay um, 
So you're attacking yes. the swarm itself? When thing, the swarm itself within the range of where she is. Cool. So roll some attacks. With advantage, since you are invisible. <laughs> okay, so I have a natural 20 plus hmm. uh, 7 for 27. Mm-hmm. And the second one would be a 17 plus 7. Oh, both of those hit. Okay. Both of those easily hit. Roll some damage. Nine points of piercing damage. Okay. And the second attack would be three points of piercing damage. Okay. So uh, you fully take out, like with those two arrows, you fully take out the one that had been chaos bolted earlier down to the ground. One member of the swarm is down. There's only 19 left. So one's fully dead. Are you staying in the swarm or like moving out of the swarm? Mm, she's not going to move until the others move. So as long as Soraya and Shadow are in the swarm, she is in the swarm. Okay. But if they start to move, she will move with them. Okay. Uh, Zavine, it is your turn and I need you to also make me a dexterity saving throw with the d4 added. 19 total. Okay. That saves. You then take seven slashing damage plus plus nine necrotic. And then I think I have to make a concentration save for the haste. Yes. You get to add a d4. So you basically have to hit a ten. Yeah, that's fine. That's 14. Beautiful. Yeah, 14 total. Yeah. You good? Cool. Pulse wave is a 30-foot cone. Mm-hmm. And it can push and pull creatures. So imagining she's mostly trying to aim this at the swarm and trying to, like, pull them away from everyone. Mm. But could she... Because it's such a big radius or cone, Mm -hmm. can she also perhaps hit the king in that, or are they too far away from... I'll let you include, like, the king at, like, the edge of it, so you can try and push the king farther away along with a sizable section of the swarm. Yeah, cool. Uh, What's the... So Um, they have to make a deck save or a con save? It's con 15. Okay, so I'm going to roll for the swarm. That's a natural two. The swarm fails. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to now roll a D. Uh, was going to be a D20 to see how many of them get caught. Good lord, uh, that's an 18. Almost all of them get hit with this. Uh, the oh and now the king is going to roll. Uh, what's the DC? Save DC 15. Uh, yeah, he 15 saves. So I think he takes half damage, right? Okay. Yeah, he takes half damage and he isn't pushed, but the swarm will get pushed 15 feet away from everyone they're trying to hurt. Ooh. And the damage on that is going to be... That's a lot of sixes. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> 29 force damage is the total, and so the king will take 29 force damage. These things have 25 HP. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just kill 18 creatures. Oh my god. Oh, god. Oh, god. Three sixes, a five, or a four. Holy crap. Oh my god. Uh, and the king takes half of that. Wow. Half of the uh, half of the 29. I always round up, so I'm going to 15. Uh, okay. Describe for me what it looks like as, as Sabine just slaughters this swarm. <laughs> Sabine, the destroyer. <laughs> So that her and Shadow and Mari are all getting, like, sliced apart by these things, and it's overwhelming. And then she just, like, stands up and, like, slams that orrery staff down on the ground in front of her. And from it, this, like, huge pulse emanates and just, like, throws all of them off it. But it's so powerful. I think it just, like, the, like, temporal rifts sort of, like, appear on them and just, like, pull them apart. Yeah. And they kind of, like, fold in on themselves. Holy crap. Uh, These things are unmade. Just completely unmade. (laughs) The king has to roll a concentration check. He saves. Um, Oh, I love pulse wave. 
Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, <laughs> I love that spell. Um, the wow, beautiful. Uh, do you have any bonus yeah. actions you'd like to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> after having saved, possibly saved, basically most of the party. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't really have much I can do with bonuses other than Missy Step, which she doesn't really need to do right now. So I think she's just gonna. Where is she in relation to the king? I'll say that you're, like, just at the edge of 30 feet. He's, like, 30 feet farther into the chamber, essentially. Okay. Um, Well, she has no third-level slots left, so the 30 feet stuff isn't, like, super relevant anymore. So I think she's going to sort of move, like, back a little bit and then around so she has, like, a better vantage on him for, like, throwing some more spells his way next time. Okay, cool. So you have, like, more of a clear shot. Okay, beautiful. So, uh, what, say move back 15 feet so you're 45 feet away? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You just hear Mari go, and right there you had about nine books. Right there, that was nine books worth of bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) So this is how you feel. So nine books. (laughs) Uh, So now it is Soraya's turn uh, after all of that. You don't okay. take any damage, Soraya. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I've still got concentration up, so has anything flown into my cloud of daggers during that time? No, the king the king got hit, but it's basically just but everything then it's has just flown left. Out so now. it's just there spinning in the air. Okay, well yeah. maybe somebody might go into that area. Maybe, who who knows? Um I'm gonna give Shadow some healing. So I'm gonna do healing word. Soraya's gonna kind of call over to Shadow just like you feeling okay there, sweetheart? And uh, it's gonna <laughs> I give them 13 points wow. of healing. Ooh, you love to see it. Thank you. What level did you cast it at? Like second level? I think I actually, I think I just cast it at the level that I shouldn't. I think I need to do it again. Oopsie. Sorry, I think I'm gonna cast it at third level. Woo, that's less. 12 <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got there. there we I don't know how that happened, but we got, we ended up somewhere. I guess I'm still getting used to D&D Beyond, so I was like, oh, I can press a button and it'll roll it for me. But oh. I didn't realize it took away the... S- I'd already used all those second level <laughs> slots, so you get it at third level and it's less. Yay! So, yeah, so that's a little bit of healing gone that way with some gentle words. And uh, I want to give everybody else a bit of a boost, so I've still got my silk fans in my hands. I'm going to give them a lovely little swish and use mantle of inspiration mm. um, which gives everyone uh, eight temporary hit points mm. nice that's awesome is it like glitter settles on everybody like as you shake your fans I lo- yeah like just like the, the, these like glittering glistening silk fans it's almost like that I'm shaking them so hard that they almost like come off in bits of glitter that showers and sparkles over everyone and everyone just feels that little bit more fancy Ooh. oh dang and every single creature can immediately use your reaction to move up yes. to your speed uh, Budge you already used your reaction yeah, to I attack but the rest of you now have a reaction to move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. So if you wanted to move, you could. I think Zabine's going to stay put for now because she's okay. already moved and she's got other things she can do with her reaction. And that's all of you that got the plus, the eight temporary hit points because I can cast it on five creatures. I've, I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Um, flanking, is that a thing or not? No, but I mean, okay. it's right there in front of your... I think... I think because he's slowed, you might actually have... I think his AC is just slowed by two, I think. Um, 
Yeah, no no advantage on attacks. But hey, I mean, he's still just standing there. Or floating there, okay. so. Okay, cool. Because I was going to be like, I'm going to tag team. Just like, advantages will have um, um, Hot- uh, P- Patan Hotep on one side and um, me on the other. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to punch this thing. I think it's my turn now. Wait. Oh, uh, yeah. It is, it is your turn. Yeah, that's, I'm all done. Okay. Um, you kind of see um, Carfe kind of slam his fists together and the gauntlets the, that are pretty much built in into his arms um, expand and like cover his fists and he's just gonna just starts bouncing on his feet and just takes two punches to the um, and punches this thing in the face twice um, nice and you hear like if you're close by you hear like it almost sounds like a generator like the humming of a generator um, and if this hits it'll be very useful because then he has disadvantages and all attacks that's not me um, so that's dirty 20 to hit dirty 20 hits Carfe bringing um, the thunder and that is a 25 for the second. Oh, yeah, both of those. Punches hit. bang, bang. And 16 thunder damage as he slams into, you just hear just a, a loud boom with each punch as he slap, punches it in the face. Oh, and it's, it's like your fists go into the slowing effect as you do it. So it's like this. Yeah. Like every time the thunder like rockets out. Uh, that's so cool. Disadvantage on attacks on anyone that isn't you, right? Yeah. Okay. Because my thunder gauntlets. Nice. Um, it, does Onyx get an attack as well? Yeah, 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 it can. Yeah, so he attacks right after me. So you see Onyx um, on my head, I think, at this point. Um, and he's just going to use Force Strike as the antenna on his head just vibrates very, very quickly. And you see a pulse of energy shoot out to try and hit this ghoul. Oh, damn, Onyx. That's a nat 20. Oh, <laughs> man. So that's 28 to hit. <laughs> Dude, I'd imagine that hits. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, roll roll the damage dice. I guess twice. Max damage as well. I thought that's ten damage. Oh, yeah. ten Holy crap! Damage. I just see a blast of energy boom out of um, Onyx's antenna, and I think afterwards, if um, oh, what's the name of Shadow's goddess? Uh, Capera. Capera. If Capera's looking, Onyx would just look to Capera and just kind of like. You see, you see what I just did there? That's good. That's what we call this. I'm sorry, is he hitting on mine and Shadow's daughter, the goddess? Capera <laughs> <laughs> blushes slightly and puts a hand over her mandibles. <laughs> so that was, that was an amazing turn. Uh, dang, the king is looking rough, y'all. Real, real rough. It is now Budge's turn. Well, Budge is going to, first of all, let out a long sigh because he just climbed all the way up here to get to this <laughs> stupid king and the king just flew right back down again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's going to, again, use his full uh, movement um, to hopefully rejoin the, the king down below. I'll let you try and jump onto him if you want. Oh, because you're on the roof. The you're like on the roof, uh, suspended above him. If you want to scuttle across yeah. the roof and then drop off onto him. Okay, <laughs> okay. let's see. What would that be, athletics check? or Yeah, to try and like grab onto him. You have advantage because you're raging. Oh, do I? Okay. Yeah, because you're raging. Yeah, I mean, that'll do it. It's 21. Should, should oh, yeah. You and land on the king. You like land into this slowing effect. But you're still hasted inside of it. So Budge looks like he's moving like at a normal pace, even though like from Budge's perspective, you're like, like attacking, at the, attacking the king. 
<laughs> Amazing. On my way down, as I fall through the air, I'm going to use my bonus action to uh, wild shape, go Atlas Berry. So yeah, so like this sort of a thick blackish brown fur is going to sprout through the skin of his uh, uh, torso, and his right arm is going to uh, the the these mandibles, these pincers are going to sort of retract and grow fur and become a, a huge uh, uh, bear claw. Um, so he's got one bear claw and one scorpion pincer, um, and he's so going to cool. land on this creature. And still and plu- still pink plumage. And still, like, still very much pink this plumage. magnificent <laughs> pink plumage is going to be up there as well. Oh, that's so cool. In fact, roll me, uh, the ceiling is 60 feet high. Uh-huh. <laughs> so roll falling damage as you just onto the oh, king. Uh, it's halved for you. It's basically you and the king will take this, but you're basically okay. dropping because you're a bear. I wasn't going to yep. say anything, but you're you're a bear. This is a hu- several hundred pound animal that is mm. dropping onto this dude from sixty feet up. We're gonna have to roll sixty six. Is what I'm saying right now. Oh jeez, and we're both gonna take this damage, are we? Yeah, but it's halved for you because you're raging. Okay, twenty one. Um, so half to 11 are we rounding up yeah half to uh, 11 for you Um, budge I gotta tell you my man the king had 20 HP left Oh, so I just squished him. Oh my, oh my god. god. I had like four attacks in the chamber ready to go. <laughs> you, could, you know what? Go ahead and roll your attack. You could just go ahead and roll damage from your Keep attacks going. to just be like, I'll see you just to see how like much, how much further I can get it. Okay, so yeah. that's a. Uh, so that's a. Um, for the first one, that will be a 26 to hit. Oh. Bear claw attack. Uh, the second bear claw attack would be a um, 19. Yeah, that'll hit too. Uh, you get okay. one more. The uh, then uh, 17, 20, 22 for good lord. The, oh no, twenty twenty four because that'll be uh, twenty five because that'll be my um, form of the beast claw attack. Yeah, 20, 25 to hit for that one. Yeah, um, all three of those easily yeah. hit. Awesome. Um, I would get another one because of the haste. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. true. You can yeah. roll another one. Why not? Just, just, just in a frenzy, just <laughs> yeah. like a this this beautiful pink bear with one bear claw and one scorpion like uh, scorpion like claw, just ripping into this thing. Just like black black goo is flying everywhere uh, out of the king's back as you hear this mournful. Uh, the last one would be a seventeen to hit. That would actually also hit. Congratulations, Bud. Okay. You all see Bud um, burrow into the back of the king, just fully just like at high speed, disappear from view as he just rips and burrows into the back of the king. As this happens, the the there's like this. You see that the 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 one remaining ghoul, which I will say for our purposes is Buto Wells, uh, lets oh, out a. No. And starts like gets very confused and starts flying in circles. Kind of seems to have lost its direction. Bumps into a wall and is just like scrabbling around the room, completely disoriented. the The king's like body is twitching, uh, as if it's like still trying to act. You can feel that there's energy like seeping out. Nobody has detect magic up anymore, but Capera's uh, yeah. antennae will be like. like absolutely twitching vibrating even uh and she's like we must 
we must get the spirit back through. We must we must somehow find a way to put it back through the, the portal into the help it to pass on, help it to disperse. What is what is this? Okay, the baby bug is talking. Um what is what is this happening now? What do we have to do? What has to go back where and what? The trapped soul of the king must be stored. Either we force it into the other realm or we find a vessel for it to rest inside of so that it does not get exposed to this energy any longer and continue producing these ghouls. The sparkly shadow cloud just stares at everyone that took something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question because I actually never described this and I probably should have, mm-hmm. um, but... With my knowledge of like my artificial knowledge of the and of the arcane and how to store magic in items, does it have to be like a thing that you know, like a bottle, or could it be like an item, like any item that has an affinity for magic? It could be any item that has an affinity for magic. Uh, preferably, okay. preferably something that is magic itself. Okay, I have. Um, so I've had a shield, and I just didn't think it was relevant for me to bring it up. But my shield is a shield of expressions. I think I described it in the original one shot, but um, it's kind of like a shield that has like on the front, it's almost like a snow globe, but that whatever the glass is, is obviously much stronger than normal glass. And it's just like glitter in the inside and it kind of shifts and changes into different expressions. And I, can I try and put it in there? So then it's not only in a place safe, but also if it's still conscious, which I don't know if it is, it can use the shield expressions to express it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, oh boy, this is, we have to get a group check because this is a very powerful spirit that you all just defeated. But Carfe is like doing some t- awesome tech stuff to try and like make his shield a ready receptacle. I'm going to need uh, everyone to, I guess, whatever ability you would normally use to interact with the divine. So we already know that uh, for for Shadow Beyond the Veil, it's medicine. I imagine, Zavine, are, are you a religious person? You uh, do you, do you engage with religion through like intellectual study or would you say that it's more of, well, I guess your religion probably would be pretty good, right? She doesn't have uh, proficiency? proficiency in it, uh, but I think she's more... She's more into the study of the arcane and it's like practical applications, but I think we discussed her perhaps having faith in sort of like a god of the arcane or of magic. Right. Okay, so you can use Arcana then. Okay, yeah. And since she is like a wizard and knows about like magic and magical items, I guess maybe she can help Carfe that way a little bit. Okay. Budge, do, what does, how does Budge engage? Was it insight? Is that what we said? Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, with the spiritual, yeah, it's spiritual of a, side of yeah, things. Like a, a, a yeah, it'd be either insight or perception, I would imagine, for Budge. Yeah. For Soraya and for Mari, how would the pair of you engage? Well, I mean, Soraya is so talented. Surely her performance was given to her by the gods, right? That's, that's like her connection to the divine is like, well, they yeah. gave me all of my abilities. They gave me all my talents. All these fantastic abilities. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be the performer I am without the what the gods have given me. Okay. Uh, and what would Mari use? This never came about. Mari's like proficiency in survival and medicine and all the rest of that comes to for her not forgetting her roots, even like the weapons that she uses and so on, being very grounded in everything that came before and the earth and how it that's that's her religion, everything that is and is natural and so on. So in that wisdom tip, but you can do survival, medicine, anything like that. She's, that's where her 
religion lies. Mm. Okay. And Carfe, I'll let you make essentially a tools check. Because uh, I think that's pretty much how it works for you. This is going to be a DC 100. Can I also give him a little bit of a uh, bardic inspiration in there as well? Yeah, if you want to add, give one other person bardic inspiration. I think both Mari and Carfe have it. Oh, have I already given Carfe? Or you already gave it, excuse me, you already gave it to Mari. You can give it to somebody else if you want. I'm giving it to Carfe as well. Because okay. they can both have This it. is an ability check roll, right? Yes. Okay, cool. If anyone rolls super low, I can use chronal shift. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> let you re-roll. Let's see if that's me. Okay, no. I did, okay. Uh, and I will say, Shadow, uh, Capera will give you the help action oh. to help you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, can a pep give Zavina? Oh, yeah. Uh, a pep and uh, Onyx can also give the help action. Onyx, yeah. Cool. Okay. Does um, anybody want to help Budge out? What, yes. what did you get? <laughs> what did you roll? <laughs> Shout out to the two crew. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no. Um, so, Zavina rolled a 21. Okay. And I guess I, if. If she has noticed Budge maybe struggling, she tries to like reweave time around you to give you a chance to roll again. What skill are what skill is Mari using to roll with? What are they doing? Trying to figure essentially, out. How to essentially, play? yeah. Everybody's trying to like, in terms of how they would engage with like the spiritual realm or the divine, contribute in whatever way they can to try enforcing or convincing this spirit to get into uh this shield. Basically funnel the spirit into the shield. Yeah, survival. The energy of all melanated mothers that say you need to get. <laughs> <laughs> you are wasting your ass. Well, you just give them, them the look to go back to the car. <laughs> Let's stop talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, Budge, what did you get on the reroll? Uh, I got a 12 okay. on the reroll. 12. Uh, what did Soraya get? Um, that's a 26 total. Okay. 26. She's uh, performing it in there. Yes. What did Carfe get? 32. A 32? Yes. yes. Okay. Carfe coming <laughs> in. Oh, wow. <laughs> what did Mari get? An 18. Okay. Mari got an 18. And what did Shadow get? 21. 21. Okay. Now I have to add up these numbers. I think we'll make it. Mm. But... Oh, did you get mine? Yes, because you got a 21. Uh, yeah, okay. Cool. 21 plus 12 plus uh, tw- wait, wait, no. 21 plus 12 plus 26 plus 32 uh, plus <laughs> 18 plus 21. Okay, Carfe coming in, saving the day. <laughs> Y'all crushed it. Carfe, how do you like prepare this shield to be entered into? Um, so I think he like takes he takes the shield off and sets it down, and he has um, Onyx kind of run around the rim of it to open up the kind of glass dome. Um, with most magical items, they already have like at the most capacity about magic they can store already at the time. So I think he kind of like siphons some of it out to make space, and I think he pulls out the bottled water he got from those from that lake, that glowing lake that we passed through and originally. Yeah, kind of uses that to. Um, I guess bolster it because it needs to store a lot more magic than it previously did. It needs to store like an actual soul rather than just floating glitter at this point. <laughs> um, so you kind of use it to bolster it and um, you just see Onyx and him like heating the metal. Um, it looks more like science than anything else. But at the end, you just see like it looks more or less the same, but the liquid that kind of had the glitter floating in it is a deep, like deep purple and shimmers with a almost like 
iridescence every time the light hits it just right. And it's just kind of like a, a way for it to store this soul without letting the soul look outwards kind of deal. Kind of like we can see into it, but it can't see us and it's going to keep it in there because I'm not entirely sure how great this thing is. I don't want it to know exactly what's going on in the outside world. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just like a, a lot of science, there's a lot of like mixing chemicals that he, he pulls out of nowhere. He probably has like a chamber in his body that kind of opens up to pull out different um, vials and stuff to make this happen. Uh, the whole time Onyx is trying to look impressive in front of um, uh, Capera. <laughs> Shadow's Capera. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like, look, just every so often while he's welding, kind of looks over to make sure um, <laughs> she's watching. Capera <laughs> uh, fans herself at least once. Uh, as the, um, so each of you contribute in your own way uh, through uh, perhaps prayer or just a general feeling of like giving it's almost like a spirit bomb like put your hands in the air give me your energy <laughs> sort of deal so your power is combined you watch as like the dust the same dust that like carfe had seen sort of like rising up into the air starts to flow from this uh from the husk of this body from like the open wounds that budge is i guess standing in still <laughs> flows out yeah. and oh he did uh, he did 51 points of damage on that Fatality. It's eviscerated. Water uh, just flows into the this open shield, and as as you seal the shield shut, the rest of you watches the expression changes to a, a be that of an owl, just looking out very imperiously at everyone uh, on this shield. There we go. The king, having been forced into the shield, uh, you all see that the beautiful blue carapace of uh, Capera st- sort of fades to like a, a deep, beautiful midla- midnight blue. Um, and actually, if you now that you can get a better look on her underside is golden. It's like a golden orange color as if it's like on the bot on the top is night and on the underside is the sun. It's a beautiful, beautiful beetle. Well, congratulations. You have successfully defeated King Uzermatre and freed the souls down here uh, in Arukal. In fact, you see, after like a few moments of sort of flying around disoriented, the ghoul that contains Buto Wells sort of like flops onto the ground, twitches for a moment, and then you see uh, almost imperceptibly dust sort of rise up and then dissipate. Out from the guardhouse, you hear, uh, hey, y'all, it sounded like things were kind of bad in there, um, but I wanted to let you know, I've been looking outside, it looks like these ghoul things have started collapsing. Uh, I think we did it. We? We? Uh, yeah, all of us together. You know, I I kept watch. I, I kept my eyes on your six while the rest of you went in and took care of business. You know, you need you need the lookout. It's the most important part of the crew. Yeah, of course. I, mean, yes. I don't see how he's wrong there. No, uh, would have yeah. been awful if he got jumped from behind. Quite Good right. Point. It's true. Uh, I fought off so many out here. Uh, just cleaned up all the bodies, so don't worry. When you get out, you won't see them. But I fell out. I fought off a bunch of them. Uh, there's piles of them that I took far away and hid them, so you mm-hmm. won't see them when you come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations, you have won. What? Uh, let's kind of run through what all of you do, because as you like exit, you see like 
the 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 remaining uh, ranchers have started to emerge. Uh, some of them like covered in blood. Some of them covered with like black goo. Just like oh, like just horrified faces. Uh, you see. Flock, like dead ghouls littering the landscape. Um, Mari, you see uh, a hotling just sort of walk up to you guys, uh, walks up to you specifically. I think you were probably there for when this hotling was birthed. Its mother is nowhere to be seen. You can see its little nub horns haven't even gotten their venom yet uh, as it walks up. It's huge, like unnaturally gigantic uh, eyes as it like walks up to all of you. It can like sniff you out. Like the hosts have always been able to kind of sense you, Mari, even though you're invisible. Uh, <laughs> they walk up. It can smell and it stands next to you and lets out kind of a Okay, okay, I am going. I get a baby too. Everyone got a baby today. Can we now go back? <laughs> the family has grown. <laughs> okay, let's uh, kind of run through um, what everybody does. Yes, were you going to do something? I'm just going to say, just as we're leaving, obviously, before when I grabbed the stuff out of the file, I only kind of grabbed things. Is there more in there that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is an incredibly incriminating fact that he has this stuff because it's not just files on you. He has files on other powerful people in the city, including the mayor, like all popular business owners. And a lot of it is like contains mail. Like, this is a sign that Zane Bass has straight up been interfering with people's mail uh, and like has has been gathering dirt on people and blackmail on people for some time now. This is like as incriminating, if not more so than the fact that he had a stockpile of stuff. Mm. If this were to be exposed, it would be uh, to say that it would be egg on Zane Bass's face would be an understatement. It's like an ostrich egg that you just <laughs> smash over his face. Yeah. OK, so I'm going to take all the letters that are mine. Anything to do with me that is going to be on my person. Um, then I'm going to look around for whatever I can find to just put as much of this stuff into uh to take and okay. do a little exposing. All of this having been kind of resolved, the knoll uh, is like looks at you all is like, okay, um, I think it's best if we part ways here for the time being. Although uh, he looks at you, Mari, and says, you said, was it you who said that you had some some stuff that might be able to help me out? Uh, we, I have some uh, contacts of um, Zoxars and people like that who may be able to help you in a more efficient way. Yeah, um, yeah. So you have my card there, which basically yeah. says, if you have it, I find you. You do not find me. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't I, even see you now, really. Yes. I just kind of, I just knew there's a person there because the hotling just walked up and started sniffing the air. She's, and then I see its fur <laughs> getting ruffled. So I figured it was, yeah. She, she strikes a match. <laughs> you can see her. She's like, okay. Ah! Yes, I'm done here. Um, I will find you and we will get you some help that does not involve what you are doing now because this is not sustainable for future growth like you're not going to be able to run very fast yeah it's more of kind of an awkward lope yes we not really a run so a very stiff trot yes yes. um (laughs) you see maria she's bruised and cut up but like Got, like this we'll talk about this later we'll talk about this i gotta go do you have any more of that oil i could just borrow for a little bit i need to go home and <sighs> maybe apply some of it some ointment i i have some shea butter but this is not going to work as well <laughs> <laughs> i promise you this is 
This is not going to work as well. Just give me a glob. It don't matter. It's She's, better than nothing. You, you know, you just have the container. <laughs> the container. Uh, he takes you. the... He takes the container and says, uh, thank you very much, Miss Barrage, tips his hat, and then awkwardly, like, just waddles off into the distance. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, for those of you who are wondering what uh, just occurred, uh, what on earth was going on with this guy, go watch, <laughs> go yeah, watch go the first uh, <laughs> slowdown showdown that we did for, D, uh, for D&D celebration. <laughs> All will be explained. Uh, <laughs> he just waddles off into the distance. Okay, and now uh, everybody is essentially free and clear. Why don't each of you tell me what you do in the aftermath of all of this going forward? Uh, we'll start with uh, Soraya. What do you do? I'm going to read those letters from my son. What you receive is years too late, perhaps, news of all the different major events that were happening in, in your son's childhood. Uh, he tells you about how they just managed to get a school started up and because he was eight years old when you left. Yeah. Uh, and he just now has been able to like, he's it's uh, near his uh, he turns 11 and he's finally able to go to school. Uh, eventually he starts uh, the school continues. He leaves school eventually starts working to help, I guess, support the community. Uh, he works as a ranch hand, although Amos does not really want that. Amos is like trying to push him into showbiz. So he becomes a trick shot and starts performing for people gets a fair amount of notoriety in the area uh, but you notice that the letters become increasingly cold and more just like so this is what's happening and the final one that says Miss Soraya Rakiza simply says uh, I am uh, working as a very successful uh, he has a successful road show that he is like the, the prime attraction, but he has a number of people. Uh, he's married. It sounds like he has a good life, but basically he just says he gives you the name of the business. It is a deal's amazing antique road show. It's got like he's got a whole team of people. It sounds like he's really doing well for himself. Um, sadly, Amos did pass away in a tragic accident. But there was a uh, a magic sandstorm that rolled through of magic dust and he perished in that disaster but a deal is doing well there does not seem to be much of an emotional connection it feels more like a perfunctory thing like he even says you uh, if you're even reading these uh but yeah that's what you get from those do i get the impression that he got my letters even though early on Mm. it seems like it seems like he got a couple of them but they were all so late like he even makes reference to you wishing him like happy birthday even though his birth like you're wishing him like happy 10th birthday but he doesn't get it until like his 14th birthday yeah and so he's kind of like okay there's a real sense of like as he gets older disillusionment Mm -hmm. okay um like she's kind of feeling a mix of emotions because she thought for so long that he didn't want to write back to her. Like it's been eight years since she's had any news of her son and she's been sending her letters and money and she's just realizing just how much time has passed for him. And she's feeling happy that he's doing so well, but she's sad that she's not part of that life and she is full of rage and fury 
at Zane Bass of what he's deprived her of. Like, obviously, she made the choice to come here herself and she she deprived herself of her son in her own way. But she wanted him to come and be with her. She wanted to him to have the life that she has here. And that wasn't able to happen because this communication was cut off. So she is she's she's feeling a bit murderous i mean she's she's better than that but she's she's feeling rage right now of what she wants to do to zane is it too much to say that you end up ex- using the leverage that you now have to basically expose mr bass oh absolutely like um i suppose like yeah i imagine they go up to the town and mm-hmm. uh she will use her innate powers of suggestion to suggest that he tells everybody in this city all the despicable things he has done to them. Mm. I won't even (laughs) roll for it. He fails that save. Yeah, he fucking does. (laughs) As you guys are passing through the city over, uh, there's a cleanup that has to happen because there's just a pile of ghouls right on the border of where the wall of force was. There were some deaths inside of the city because some of the ghouls got through. Uh, But Zane Bass is utterly ruined. He loses his land. He also loses the Hotes, which leads me to, uh, well, before we move on to find out exactly what happened with all of these Hotes, is there any last thing that you wanted to say that you do in like the days, weeks, months uh, going forward, Soraya? Soraya is going to make sure that Salah has the business in hand. And um, she's going to leave and she's going to try and find her son. And she's going to make sure that uh, Mari has like, you know, free spa treatments for life. Um, She's going to make sure that she can like make sure that Mari is well set up because she had the day that she did not expect to have. And she appreciates her so much for that. Um, But yeah, she's going to she's going to make sure. The, the family that she's created down in the House of Serpents, that they're well looked after, but she's she's going to go find her son and hopefully have some contacts on the outside that might be able to help her do that. Mm, awesome. Yeah, I, I imagine a call may be placed to Mr. Gohar Spears. Oh, yeah. Uh, before too long. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, if onerous budge uh, would like to help out with any of that strength and versatility, she'd be mighty uh, grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you going to pay me? Oh, I've got ways and means. I've got a successful business and plenty of charm. Well, maybe I'll be happy to contribute. Uh, Awesome, awesome. Okay, moving on. Mari, what do you do in the aftermath uh, now having... I mean, pulled off an incredibly successful operation that was much more complicated than you ever thought it was going to be. Uh, what, what, What next steps... Uh, does Mirage take? So, first of all, the baby Holtling gets, you know, spoiled treatment. Like, this Holtling gets named Shadow and is just, you know, nursed and taken care of really well and so on. One, she's not quite sure all the information that Soraya got because there's some information that she would prefer to stay very hidden, but... Uh, regardless, she will give Soraya like a list of names, um, some maps and things that she has, and just provide as much help as possible. Um, probably even having a conversation where she very seriously asks, Okay, so I am not a rogue, 
I'm more like I do ranger stuff. But do if if hypothetically an arrow was to go the wrong way and pierce the Mister Bass, like <laughs> is that something you would wish for a birthday, or do you want just social ruin? Because it could slip. Sometimes arrows just fall. I think so long as he's socially ruined first, then those arrows can rain on down, my sweetheart. Let them rain. It might just damage, so he can't like rebuild. Yeah, so. you know, maybe just give some damage to that face a little bit. Maybe make sure he can never walk again. That would be appreciated. Poison the water supply, you know. Oh, I mean, you not are to go a extreme, but not, to- nothing too big, but you know. <laughs> Ruin his life. It's just, I'm going to miss you so much. I want to fight your baby. (laughs) I hope I I see you again, sweet child. She's, but yeah, she's basically going to make sure everyone is taken care of. Like, Shadow gets some towels, um, (laughs) just in case. (laughs) Zavine and Pep get extra decks of cards. And she's like, just so that you know, Pep is good at this. Um. She does request one thing from Monsieur Bouge and she's willing to share some things that she has and she's I want you to turn into a giant bear and then I just want to sit on your shoulders and we go for a walk. This is the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, all right, why not? Just uh, yeah, uh, take care of the fur just behind the ears. It's a sensitive spot. Don't pull on them or anything. I try not to go too fast. I love that. So Bud gives Mari a bear ride. That's amazing. Carfe and I... I know that the person's name was not Paneer Hotep, but that's what I wrote down. Paton Does he go back into his watch mode over the shield? Um, yeah, basically, uh, I was going to play that out with Carfe, but okay. essentially, what Paton Hotep would Paton Hotep would have requested, he would have, uh, after all of this, he he would have requested the honor of being able to hold, like, basically house uh, his the shield that holds the soul of his his king. I would okay. have um, asked um, Paton Hotep. I know you were charged to keep watch over the shield. Were you in charge? Were you charged to keep watch over this temple as well, or specifically your king? Well, the temple was built as a monument to my king. So, as far as I am concerned, uh, I suppose my greatest loyalty is ultimately to my king. It, he, I guess, he looks around. Uh, the temple does seem to be in appropriate working order for the time being. Uh, it has not had many visitors, as you saw. So uh, perhaps as long as I was able to come back and check on it, as long as uh, I would be content with simply being able to watch over the shield. I hope you don't mind me asking this, but could you come with me back home to Rokotis? I think it'd be best if we bring the shield with us and house it there. I made this, though quite well, in a rush, and I think leaving it here without someone who knows their way around artistic... I'm not going to try and say that word. They know their way around um, the arcane arts and technology. 
it may crack under the pressure of a living soul inside. If I bring it with me to Rakotis, I can take it through proper processing and also keep watch of it if it ever needs maintenance. And if you come with me, you can watch over it from there. Is that something you would like to do? Uh, the stone stands up somehow even more straightly, uh, and it says, Might we be able to build a temple to my lord? Absolutely. Actually, I've had a temple in mind just because I saw quite a few on my way here, and I thought I could possibly improve on the designs that I saw. And I, and he kind of like pulls out, <laughs> pulls out like a blueprint, and he starts going through like, actually, I, I might need to make some additions because I didn't consider that I'd be holding the sword of a potentially evil soul. But I can, I can just quickly sketch those in. Uh, <laughs> you hear like a really high pitch. <laughs> sound uh just ex- pure excitement like this yeah. metallic squeal coming uh, as you, yeah. as uh Patan immediately starts helping advise you on how best to build a, a beautiful new temple to his king finishing with mari did you have anything you wanted to do for shadow yes shadow was getting her 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 towels oh you gave the towels mm-hmm. yes and so it was sweet car- towels. Yeah. very fluffy Some very you know <clears throat> a little letter that she gives Shadow and says, It's going to take a while. I know the time goes very much fast and slower in different places, but when it is my time to return to the Earth, I am writing this letter and I have put it in my own effects that I wish for you to come and see me other to the other side. This is a great honor, and I will carry your wishes out to the word. And I'll reverentially take the letter and kind of store it, you know, with absolute reverence mm. um, and give her a deep bow. Uh, I'll, I'll say Capera like scuttles over, like sort of lowers herself onto the letter and then like s- creates a scarab beetle like se- wax seal on it. Just like a golden light emits and there's a, go- a scarab beetle wax seal over the letter. And then for Carfe and Patan, uh, she basically will always be checking in on them like before they leave takes them to a house (laughs) (laughs) was going to make them a meal but then realized this is a stone and a metal thing and so she's just got like (laughs) different types of hot oil (laughs) a pile of hot rocks some stands of sand and stuff she's like i i don't it's been a while since i have had family and i had many many once upon a time, many siblings, and I miss him. But um, I don't know how to feed you, so... I don't need to eat or breathe, so you don't need to worry about that. I am a soul inside of a big rock. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought about that after I got you here, and I was like, I'm going to... No, I can't cook for you. Um, we could cook for you. It's true. I can cook you all some beautiful, uh, some beautiful dishes from the time of King Uzermatre. Oh, we can cook together, and then I can enjoy it all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Nice. We are all invited to the cookout. Uh, he, he's, he's, I was thinking it. <laughs> yes. Um, and she's going to have a cookout. And if anybody is still around, there, of course would be invited but just to feed people and send them off with gifts and you know want them to take care of each other um and then she'll write a letter to her family that is basically by the way 
I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I, mean, I, you, I, I live, you. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sends him a copy of that map that has the hidey hole. And it's just like, mm-hmm. if you could just remix this one for me, please. <laughs> she just <laughs> folds it up and sends it. Um, but it is really going to take her job as being a guardian and a guide very seriously as she is nothing but a mirage. Mm, with shadow by your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that was wonderful. Carfe, uh, what do you do now that you have Patanhotep and this shield heading back to Rakotis? Um, well, for one, I would, of course, invite everyone, but especially Mari, to just say, if you ever want to come to Rakotis, you are more than welcome. You'll be guests of honor. Um, and hopefully I'll know a bit more about myself by then as well. I felt like I discovered a few things and hopefully Patan will help me discover the rest. Um, but it was an enjoyable heist. I'm not entirely sure if all heists are meant to go that way, but it's my first time and I'm just going to hold that to standard from now on. Um, <laughs> um, and then when he when he gets to Rakotis, I think he's going to use, I think, because he initially went on this whole thing for the magic dust, because um, he's, he's kind of like the builder and the engineer of the, of the city. Um, so I think he just goes there and starts, um, does repairs he needs to do um, and starts the big project of this temple. Um, and I think he's probably going to like double it as um, as a uh, not a museum but like a it's like the history of Rakotis like it's in Rakotis we're not stealing from any other cultures we're just a history of Rakotis and what it was like so people who are new tourists and stuff like that can come in and hopefully Patan Hotep because he's seen great at it can give um, like lectures about what each thing was about what happened those days <laughs> um, as well as still talking about um his king as well, because I think having a show that has the expression of an owl folk is pretty interesting. <laughs> a lot of tourists probably want to <laughs> learn about that. Um, but yeah, I think that would probably take a couple of... I think he's pretty fast of it. So I think it might take like a couple of months, but he does build that. And he sends a letter out um, to all of um, all of his friends, his heist, his fellow heist crew members. Just be like, hey, if you ever want to visit, I we just finished a um, museum of Rakotis and you could like send a picture and he's just like him and Patan like you know like peace sign in front of in front of this new building <laughs> but it's like old timey old west so you had to hold it yeah. for a really long like, time keep I mean we're, we're metal and stone we can yeah, just stay fine. <laughs> amazing uh, Zavine what is it what is it that you do um, so I think Zavine, uh, she's going to stick around in Adokal for a little while, at least until Carfe leaves, because her main motivation in sticking around is to continue to, now that the danger has passed, continue to study exactly how this happened and maybe making sure it definitely can't happen again, making sure they've covered all their tracks and these, like, these holes, these portals can't just, like, tear open again at some point. Um... And she's very invested in, yeah, this this shield ending up somewhere safe. <laughs> so she's very happy about the museum. And when, uh, so that, and then like later on, she'll return to her mage school in Al Maghrib, where she very excitedly tells all her professors and classmates about this amazing adventure she went on. And then later on, she like 
as class president organizes like a trip to the museum that Carfe opened. So one day yes. like this entire cohort of the Mage College turn up and she's like runs over and hugs Carfe like ah Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Are these all your friends? <laughs> yes, I invited everyone from every year. <laughs> oh, well, um, Patan Hotel, would you like to lead them on a tour? <laughs> it would be my honor. Uh, he just starts like, <laughs> like, and this was built, and like, it is uh, like, and I helped with this, uh, uh, giving advice from the great past. You see the stonework. That was my idea, and basically, yeah, gives you all a wonderful tour. <laughs> Um, and yeah, she just she continues to study temporal magic and temporal rifts and that kind of thing, and probably goes back to that museum quite a lot to study that shield and speak to uh, Tamhotep and stuff like that. Like, yeah, just continues being Savine, ever curious. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, uh, Shadow. What do you and your new tiny goddess uh, do <laughs> going forward? Um, so I think definitely in the immediate aftermath, um, Shadow would uh, introduce a tiny goddess, tiny god, uh, and introduce Kavara and Onyx to each other. Um, yes. <laughs> just stand back and see whatever happens yeah. there. Um, they communicate and- using only their antennae, but you get the sense that uh, some chemistry there. Okay, okay. Very baffling. This is very baffling behavior. Um, I think Shadow is just baffled by the whole thing. Like, she's still not used to the fact that her goddess went missing and is now here in a tiny, like, a physical form and is traveling, well, hopefully traveling with her. I think after the introduction, she would also speak with Carfe and uh, Zavine to kind of... um, I guess, learn everything that they discovered in that chamber as well, learn the science behind the kind of religion. And um, because that's the closest she's ever come to the other realm and figuring out what's going on with the souls and the dead and why her you know, rituals for guiding people to the afterlife aren't working. Aren't working. Um, and once we've kind of you know compared notes, she would probably go carry on in her adventures to see if she could find more of these pockets of... of temporal portals and see if you know i guess just continue her quest to find out how she can solve this problem of souls not going to the afterlife um and she would regularly check in with everyone in in this party kind of like you know do you want to come with you know do you want to travel alongside like i think especially zavine like you know being because zavine brought um Kapara through, she would definitely be like, please, like, come with me. Like, oh, you know. Sabine will go on, on adventures with you. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is her whole deal. She'll be so excited. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so anyone who would want to travel as well at any point, um, please come along. Like, um, perhaps um, Soraya would like to travel along as well for at least for a little bit until um, you're near where you need to be and probably would send things back to Carfe as well and um, and and to Mari and Budge and yeah if Budge wants to come along with a bit of muscle too <laughs> to make sure Shadow doesn't fall into any water or anything. <laughs> I, I, I think like um, at first Carfe's like I, I, I can't leave I have a lot of work to do in Rakotis and then Onyx is like please my my baby's over there like I need to see her like, I mean, this long distance relationship thing is hard I need to see her 
fine, Carthay. I'm fine, Onyx. I'll, for you, Onyx, I'll do it. <laughs> Best wingman. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, and finally, uh, Budge, what do you do? Uh, going for oh uh so yeah so the 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 mission ends and we all traipse back into uh adukal and uh a budge uh, will dutifully hand in his um uh, bag of holding with all of the glorious things in it and the good people of adukal will uh will will go through it and sort everything out and they'll probably find lots of wonderful things what they won't find is a uh, fez with some magical properties uh a sleeping mat with some magical properties or a uh, an enchanted coffee maker because Budge just <laughs> stole all of them. <laughs> Anything of value, Budge just took with him. I think a few things he would do before he left. He would uh, um, he would uh, reunite with uh, his uh, lovely cat Nebit, um, and he probably would have found. And yes, I'm afraid this is the person that Budge is. He would have probably found a, a hot uh, corpse if any of them were uh, were killed. And he would feed it to his cat because, you know, she's a carnivore. That's the kind of thing she does. Uh, he would also um, show her his uh, magnificent uh, peacock feather, uh, his um, uh, flamingo feather mane uh, and just sort of uh, flick it at her and, uh, and ask, you know, what do you think? <laughs> and she would stare at it for a long time and then slowly and solemnly shake her head. Uh, at which point he would remove the fez and uh, uh, never wear it again. Oh. Um, perhaps he might... No. Uh, uh, he, would, he would probably take the opportunity to, uh, if, um, if Zavine was still around, uh, introduce Nebit to, uh, uh, to Zavine's tiny dinosaur and see if they got on. Oh my God, yes. Uh, I imagine they would probably have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, I imagine he would take up uh, uh, employment with Soraya for a time um, and would probably end up giving her the fez because uh, I imagine she would probably be able to make some good use of it um, in her sort of, in her uh, performances. Um, And he would probably continue to work as sort of muscle for her. Um, And uh, they seem to be getting on quite well. Uh, And then one day he... uh, sort of starts to see her in a sort of different way and starts to realise that he's perhaps developing some kind of a soft spot for her. And so uh, that night he uh, packs all of his things and leaves Adukal and is is never seen in the city again. (laughs) Um, He moses off into the sunset. Oh my lord. And if you want to find out what happens next, you're going to have to listen to Outlaws and Novelists, the series. Woo! <laughs> um, one thing that happens, I think that for everybody, or mm-hmm. at least everybody who was hired to steal stuff, because um, you were you were told that you needed to bring it back to the surface, and then, but you were never told who you needed to bring it to. Like Gohar was the one who hired you, so you presumed that it would be him who would take it. But Gohar doesn't meet those of you who were who had stolen, uh, who who had stolen uh, stuff in, in with the bags of holding. Instead, what you discover is. Like in the days following as you exit and go back to the, the surface, uh, your bags of holding as you, you'll wake up from like a rest, the bag of holding will be just gone and in its place will be left the bag of magic dust. And I think the only person who happens to catch any glimpse of the person who's doing this uh, budge, I think one night. Uh, not too long after the heist, you are awakened uh, from your sleep by Nebit honking. Ha! 
ha, ha, angrily what, what and, and like it? flapping at someone. Uh, someone who seems kind of like difficult to focus on vis- visually uh, and vi- difficult to see and just like shying away. Like, ah, stop it, stop it. And just sort of like f- uh, thrashing out at Nebit as she honks and whacks at them with her wings. Hey, hey, you. Ah. I'm going to make a, can I make a, like a grapple check and try and like honestly, grab them, grab this person? Uh, I, you roll, but I, you roll with advantage because Nebit's giving you the help action. <laughs> uh, it'll be an easy, this is only going to be a DC 12. Okay, well I rolled a natural 13 on that second roll, so that should be fine. Okay, you uh, grab onto uh, who you now see is a knoll. Uh, who seems very difficult to like it's it's like the air around her is very like shifty and shimmery and it's like it's difficult to even focus on her and she has in her hand the bag of holding uh, and you see where the bag of holding was is a bag of magic dust and she's like let go of me I have to go I have to get out of here what were you doing I I was giving you your payment and taking what you owed oh all right. <laughs> See ya. Oh, uh, well, thanks. I mean, uh, you could have just asked. I mean, that was the agreement. We, we we all agreed to do this, so I don't see why you have to do it while we're sleeping. That's kind of creepy, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just sort of, it's kind of my thing. Like, I'm a sneaky, I'm a sneaky person. People don't. Okay, you know, well, yeah, find a new thing. All right. Yeah, okay. Um. Maybe, uh. Diplomacy, talking to people. It's good. I don't know about that. Maybe. I'll think about it. Uh, anyway, this has been kind of awkward. Uh, I'm going to leave. Uh-huh. Um, that's a nice hat. I like your hat. Yeah, you can go now. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, and this knoll <laughs> just slips out of the tent uh, into the night. Uh, Nebit gives a long look and then kind of looks at you and gives a honk. This is like... I hope we really never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Cause, Me too. Because I'm a Warforged. I don't yeah. sleep. I just kind of sit there. So do I see them coming? <laughs> I, I just um, see them like motionless. Yeah. I think that... Let me roll here. No. Your passive perception would not... Like you would... <sighs> okay. You would... You might notice the tent flat move at one point. But it's kind of like... Wait a minute. But essentially, you wouldn't have Probably seen like seen. a person. Yeah. I think it's like I, I imagine that Carfe isn't constantly focusing when he yeah, stares. It's kind of like, like yeah, yeah. And then something you don't even notice something moving past you, taking stuff. And you're like, huh? Ten flat moves. <laughs> oh, bag of dust. Oh, okay. I guess I've been paid. Great. Setting aside that mystery, let's close out with uh, one last performance uh, from from the our glamour bard, uh, Soraya. Could you please describe for us, yeah, your final performance? I'd say, like, yeah, you've all been paid. She is going to go out with a bang. We are having a party. We are having a good time. And she is going to do one of her most sought-after and celebrated acts. And that is Dipoulier. It's a hypnotic dance that builds to a dazzling swirl of fabrics and sparkle. And at the climax of the dance, she magically disappears leaving only her veils and a beautifully haunting impression of her form. Centre stage, holding its shape, is her shed skin, lit up and seemingly glistening with autumnal hues and gems. It's a work of art, and it is sold to the highest bidder of the night. All 
right. And uh, um, 200 pounds of Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> and as Budge makes off with this, uh, with the fully shed skin of Soraya Rakiza for who knows what purposes, uh, let's go ahead and close it out. Thank you all oh. so much uh, for listening to this episode of Outlaws and Obelisks Slowdown Showdown. Everybody, uh, let's go ahead and plug, everybody plug yourselves one last time. We'll start with you, honey, going in cl- clockwise direction because everybody's moved in the chat. Hello, everybody. I am Honey, a.k.a. Honey and Dice. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Honey and Dice, and you can find me on Instagram at Honey and Dice. I'm a broken record, but I like to be consistent. There's nothing on that Instagram. I just didn't want anyone to take the name. I write games, I play games, I run games, uh, but mostly I'm just everyone's biggest cheerleader. And seeing as this is our goodbye, I want to encourage anyone who is listening to this in the future when this does come out to remember to love your you and if that's hard today for whatever reason know that it's okay because it's okay to be okay and it's okay not to be okay surround yourself with people who celebrate your successes and support you through your challenges and if they're not there in either or only one of those situations they weren't there to start with but i want to be there for you so you have a wonderful day and know that my world is a better place simply because you exist in it and thank you so much for having me Oh, wonderful. Oh, uh, so sweet. Bless you, honey. Uh, Drek. Um, Drek, if you want. that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> False to um, you, I'm Drek or Draconics. You can find me on Twitter at Draconics. It's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-U-E-S. I stream all over the place. I organize streams all over the place. Uh, mainly, mainly charity streams and stuff like that. And do my best to promote and lift marginalized creators in the TGPG space. While also being one myself. Um, it was a ton of fun playing everyone here. Um, this is great, honestly. Cafe and cafe's interaction with everyone, just everyone, just everyone's characters are great. And I, honestly, I'm going to hope we get to play again um, as mm. these characters because that'd be a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's it from me. All right, uh, Kim. Uh, my name is Kim um, at Nano Sounds on all social medias. Uh, I am a part of High Rollers D and D, and we stream every Sunday, five PM uh, UK time. Um, and if you enjoyed Shadow Beyond the Veil, she actually debuted in our Curse of Strahd series. Um, so do be sure to check that out as well. She was very spooky there. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me, you beautiful bunch of people. And I'm actually kind of sad because I, I really enjoyed this. And um, hopefully we can roll dice together soon again sometime. Mm. Uh, Iza. Hey, I'm Iza. If you want to find more of what I do, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Evil Clever Dog. I'm a cosplayer and designer for performance and content creator and TTRPG streamer. Uh, so like on YouTube, I make videos about cosplay and crafting. So go check them out. Uh, and I do various different streams at various different times. Um and uh, so one of those, for example, I'm part of the Asians Represent podcast, um, part of the ongoing Critical Read al series, and as well as uh, participating in and uh, creating some of the one-off episodes like the uh, Language of Fashion and Clothing in Fantasy and the Mixed Race Representation in D&D panels. Uh, so go check them out as well. And yeah, I just wanted to say that I have had so much fun doing this with all of you and would love to play with any of you again and i love all these characters so much so thank you for having me here uh and next up is grace 
Hi, I'm Grace Kelly Miller, and I agree with everyone. These games have been an absolute delight. I have had the best time.、Um, if you want to follow me and listen to me playing more D and D, you can check out No Small Rolls. Rolls spelt R O L L S. And if you're interested in my sparkly side,、uh, you can find my burlesque profile at good.ness.gracious or my drag king profile at lukewarm underscore drag king.、Um, And I'm also an actress, so you know sometimes I do Shakespeare in places or other things.、Uh, and you can follow Grace Kelly Miller. I have too many social media profiles. <laughs> I hope we play again. It was great. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, Johnny. Hey,、uh, I'm Johnny Charles. I write music for this here podcast.、Um, I also do musical shenanigans over on Instagram at the underscore lonely underscore orchestra. Do check it out. I've got this strange hybrid instrument that I sort of built out of a bunch of other instruments, and I do loops on that.、Um, also, if you want to head over to the uh, um, Three Black Halflings merch store,、uh, buy some merch, and also、uh, leave them. A Tip, because then you get to download some of the music that I wrote for the show.、Um, so that's very exciting. And also, okay,、uh, this is going to be very selfish and unprofessional, but I want to shout out my oldest friend Rob, who introduced me to D and D. He is a huge fan of High Rollers and was incredibly excited、uh, to hear that I was、uh, going to be playing with Kim. So shout out to you, and shout out to the, all of all of the players uh, to, uh, today and these last couple of days that we've been recording.、Um, it's been a really really fun time. So thanks very much for. Uh, uh, Having me on with you,、uh, and finally, I'm Jeremy Cobb. I'm one third of Three Black Halflings.、Uh, it, we, if you're listening to this、uh, and you don't normally listen to our podcast, we have a whole season of Outlaws and Obelisk con- Ob- Obelisks content.、Uh, Onuris Budge is one of the primary characters of that campaign,、uh, and you might maybe see that Noel one more time. Who knows?、Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have. We,、uh, but not only we don't just have actual play; we also have a whole talk show. We do interviews, literally. As I say this, we are planning an interview with Mark Holmes of <laughs> High Rollers Podcast,、uh, <laughs> or not podcast? Excuse me, High Rollers D and D this week. So、nice. yeah,、uh, I, whenever this comes out, that will have already been released a while back. But yeah, go check that out. You can follow us、uh, at TB Halflings Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Patreon.com/slash/tbhalflings if you like all that stuff. Plus, we have the merch store. The link for that will be in the description.、Um, and you can find our podcast wherever pods are cast. Thank you all so much for tuning into this. This has been an absolute,、uh, absolute blast. Thank you to all of our players because this is—it's so much fun to play with all of you folks.、Uh, and yeah, that's it from us.、Uh, so long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. That was a headgum podcast.